this is Short Pants Free Radio. Gamers, get your ears on because we're blowing the speakers out. Dark Live. Your weekly webcast for all things dice, dragons, demons, and a dwarf in the Warhammer worlds. Don't miss our live show on Thursdays, but for now, you've got us on sloppy seconds with our podcast with the Grimdark Gang. Time once again for Grimdark Live. Hey, welcome to Grim, Grimdark Live, the weekly webcast for all things dice, dragons, demons, and a dwarf in the Warhammer worlds. I'm your host, Patrick, and Justin's going to be joining us a little bit later on in the show. The man's out house hunting, but I've got an awesome guest host with us, a guest that's going to be here talking to us a little bit about Daughters of Cain and some other stuff in the Warhammer world. we got our good friend, Grimdark goon, Dustin Hart. Dustin, what do you hear? What do you say, bud? Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. We are really happy that uh, that you're going to be part of the show today, man. We got uh, we got a lot we're going to be talking about, as a matter of fact. I mean, we have... Uh um, we got a lot of stuff in the news, ironically enough, which I thought was kind of uh, kind of interesting. But you know, you're here to talk to us about Daughters of Cain. That's kind of your army. That's uh, that's the mm-hmm. army you've been playing for a long time and, and playing very well. I'd like to add, this guy is a uh, is a straight up killer, man. So so yeah, you're here to talk to us about uh, about the Daughters of Cain here in a little bit. Yep. Good deal, man. Good deal. So. Um, so just to get into this here a little bit for anybody that doesn't really know the daughters of Cain, I mean, uh, you, I mean, this, this really is, uh, you, you played this army since they first came out, right? Since their initial release, correct? <clears throat> yeah. Um, when, uh, when Age of Sigmar first came out, I was mainly chaos and, uh, corn and, um, that makes sense. Uh, yeah. And, uh, I saw the daughters of Cain trailer and like this army, I want to play this. Okay. Uh, which, uh, well, I mean, because I, I played uh, Dark Elves in um, Warhammer Fantasy, so I had uh, Witch Elves. And I'm like, oh, it's an army of Witch Elves, but also with, like, Snake Elves and Medusas. Okay, right. cool. Yeah. Um, and, and, yeah, I mean, pretty much uh, I, I played them a little bit um, in uh, first edition, but basically second edition came out, and my first, my first time actually playing more than like a thousand points with them was the day recognition came out when I basically met everyone for Grimdark. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and you are one of the, one of our better Grimdark goons, man. Absolutely. So, so basically daughters of Cain, the best way to sum these guys, this, this, not these guys, this, this army up, I should say it's an all female cult of elves dedicated to the old elf God of war Cain, right? Daughters of Cain. Best way to put it. Uh, God of murder actually. Um, but go, yes, man. uh, <laughs> And uh, it's it's for the most part it's um, uh, all female. There's a uh, little bit of male units in there, but for the most part it's all female, um, gotcha. led by uh, Marathi. Right, Marathi from the world that was. Yeah, and and Marathi, um, I, I guess the best way to put it is uh, the, the queen of the dark elves from the old fantasy. She's currently mm-hmm. their 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 leader. I guess the best way to put it. Um, yep. Now it, it, she's a half snake, half woman body type leader. I mean, these mm-hmm. girls are fast, right? We we know that that this army is predominantly fast, and and if they get into Very melee, fast. they're going to absolutely ruin your opponent's day. That's for darn sure. Yep. Yeah, so. they're they're very. Um, very much a finesse army because mm-hmm. um, unless unless you um, uh, for the most part they're they're very fragile okay. um, 
if if you're not careful um because they can uh you know witch elves for example they have six plus save one wound sure um if you're not careful you could lose the whole unit to a bunch of battle shock um you know it, but if you buff them correctly which this is what the army does is you have your units you buff them and they tear things apart that's yeah. what they do yeah that's true so so we're going to get into that. We're going to get into that army and, and, and how you play them and why you play them and, and all the stuff. And you're going to give us some advice on playing the army and kind of some direction on the army too here in, in a little bit later, mm -hmm. correct? Yep. All right, good. Yep, I have a couple lists that uh, um, one or two that I've used before and then another one that I would like to try out. Awesome. Good. Um, yeah. And later, I think, so. I think we'll be able to put some of that stuff up on the screen and, and share some of it with, uh, with some of the folks that are out there watching and listening to, to grim dark lives. So, so here later in the show, uh, we're also going to be taking a deep dive as we, as we mentioned into the different sections of the general's handbook 2020 and starting with the, and I'm, I'm going to say it right now, folks, I'm going to coin this phrase, the build a bear for nerds. And we're going to be taking a look at the anvil of apotheosis. Um, do you have a custom character for, for the daughters already made up? I think you already sent me one, right? Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, uh, when I was making my Dars of Cain, I made a uh, Malusai, uh, nice. you know, a snake, snake elf um, hero, just because I had some bits, and I'm like, I want to make this character, and I, I currently use her as a Slaughter Queen, which is the more melee focused of the uh, priest characters. Um, oh sure. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, now she has rules, which is fantastic, right. um, and I was able to keep her under the the 20 point uh limit and um you know i didn't have to go into the ridiculousness of the the 40 point so i mean for a 200 point model that can uh you know six attacks and uh do mortal wounds on sixes and do a d3 mortal wounds if i on a three plus with right. a prayer ability like yeah, sure. I'll take that character for 200 points. Absolutely, man. You know, and, and I like, and we're going to get into that a little bit. I, I like what they've done. Um, I know that there's been some mixed emotions out there in the community, but I think we're going to talk a little bit about that because I'm, I'm in favor of it. And folks, what we're going to be doing here on Grimdark Live over the next uh, couple of weeks, few weeks actually, is we're going to be really taking a, uh, I don't want to say a deep dive because, uh, you know, we're, we're more like the bar stool, kind of leaning up against the bar, talking about our favorite hobby kind of guys, or kind of people, I guess, uh, in, in, the, uh, in the in the hobby. But I think what we're going to do is we're going to look at each section of the General's Handbook and really kind of talk about it, talk about uh, what it's going to do for the hobby, where things are going with it, how we feel about it, and maybe we've, by then we've had a few war meets and gotten some games in. So we're going to start today with the Anvil Apotheosis. We're going to talk about the Build-A-Bear for Nerds. We're going to be getting into that. But before we get into the news, before we get into the Daughters of Cain, before we get into the General's Handbook 2020, again, we're going to be talking about the Anvil of Apotheosis, uh, we have some new patrons to welcome to the Grim Dark family. Uh, first, I, I just want to say to Chaos Spawn and Jason Moss, thank you guys so much for uh, for, for being our newest patrons, and and uh, if it wasn't for, for folks like you, man, we wouldn't be able to do what we're doing. You help us keep the lights on and the microphones buzzing, and um, thank you guys all very much, and thank you to everyone that's currently with us and listening tonight, man. So uh, again, Caspon, Jason Moss, thank you so much, man. What do you think, man? We got some, we got some new, uh, new patrons, man. What do you think? That's good. Uh, I mean, it means uh, we're we're doing something correct. That's we're getting more patrons. We we are, man. They must like us, Dustin. They must like they must like us, man. That's kind of a good feeling, man. We're liked. It's uh, it's it's uh, those novelers. 
You know what? I, I, I think you're onto something. Do you see this right here? This is why Dustin is with us here tonight, folks, because <laughs> he really is he really is a man of uh, good good nature character and very intelligent. I mean, that right there, to be able to think like that and understand what a nobbler really is and what it does not only to this game but to the world, that's a man of severe intelligence right there. And just he's a he's a hail fellow well met, you know, and I got to tell you, um, Dustin, I, I, I have a whole new respect for you right there, man. I really do. You know what? I gotta. I you know, if if you ever let me know where you keep your nobblers, I'll give you a couple extra. Okay, I'll keep that in mind. What one of the one, folks? In all seriousness, one of the one of the greatest. We we had a show. I don't know when it was, but we were we were all joking, talking, or you know, not really joking because it's a very serious conversation. Whenever you bring up nobblers, man, I mean, there's there's very few things that really need ultimate attention. Nobblers are one of them. But um, when when we were we were talking about nobblers on the show one time, I don't know how how did we how do we bring we we we're gonna put this on a T-shirt. It, it, was, it was at a war meet actually. Okay, and right. uh, I, I'm just like, where do you keep your nobblers? <laughs> and <laughs> then we then we thought it'd be a or maybe I said I don't remember, but then we're like, hey, we should put on a T-shirt. Yeah. So so folks, and, before yeah. you know it, we're gonna have a new Grimdark Live T-shirt up at GrimdarkLive.com that's gonna have a simple phrase. Where do you keep your nobblers? And you can thank this man right here. You you can thank this man right here, <laughs> my buddy, Grimdark Goon, Dustin Hart. And you know what? Uh, thank you again for, for for being with us today, Dustin. Uh, you're you're such a, a a welcome guy to have in the show. And this is your second time with us, right? This is your second time on the show. Uh, yeah, second time. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, yeah, good stuff. Uh, I wish it, I wish it could be more, uh, but you know. Uh, I work every other week, so just with my schedule. Those so, those know. jobs get in the way of everything, man, don't they? Hey, I mean, I been working this whole time the central worker yeah you know, work retail so i, I gotta tell you man you, you know um you, you guys really you, you guys really towed the line i mean yeah I'm, I'm in the electrical business so i guess somebody's got to keep the lights on too unless the world i don't think the world was ever going to go and become amish you know so I, th- I think i think we both had you know we're both essential right yeah <laughs> right all right well you know what here we go folks we got a great show coming up stay tuned and we will be right back with the news Hey, you Grimdark goons, thank you all so much for listening to our Grimdark Live podcast. If you're new to the Grimdark Live experience or new to our podcast and like what you hear, please follow this podcast and pass us along to your friends. Let us know what you think about Grimdark Live in the show's comment sections, and let us know just how we're doing. Also, don't forget to catch us live on Thursdays, and if that isn't enough for you, check out our website at www.grimdarklive.com. That's grimdarklive.com. Anyway... Thanks for listening, following, and just being awesome. All right, folks, we are back, and we're going to be getting into the news. We have um, uh, we have quite a bit, actually, in the news, which is kind of funny because, uh, you know, you think in a, in a pandemic like this, but the news just keeps coming out. And even, even not only with a pandemic, but a lot of the news is mostly uh, 40K-related. But uh, we but we do have some news here. Have you, have you yeah, seen the uh, Indominus. Yeah, and Indominus for sure. Have you been? Have you seen the new um, rumor engine that's been up? Uh, I don't think I have. Okay, let me uh, let me throw this up here on the screen for everyone. So we got the rumor engine that's uh, that that's that's been released this past Tuesday. Um, here it is, folks. I mean, to me. Um, it, it it looks like uh, well it looks like a bunch of locks of hair with with some with some hooks in it. I mean, Dustin, uh, uh, if you're looking at the same thing I'm looking at, man, what do you think oh, it is? Oh yeah, I saw that one. Uh, a lot of the um, speculation right now is uh, it might be uh, 
a new uh, Heleth Hesperax or Eleth Hesperax. I oh, think. 40, 40K, um, right? That, that's 40K. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dark okay. Eldar. Gotcha. She still has a model in Finecast. Ah. And uh, a lot of people think that's uh, hair with, you know, some like flesh hooks in it. Interesting. Um, yeah, I th- I'm leaning towards that. That's what I think it is. Yeah. Just yeah. to update the character. I mean, you know, you know, what's funny is, is, you know, the, the, the bladed hair. All right. Uh, so th- there's, there's one dark Eldar character, I, I believe, um, that you just, well, yeah, that, that's who you just mentioned, right? Uh, Lilith Hesperax, yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. I mean, if it's not her, um, then, then I guess, um, it, maybe it, it could be some unseen shadow elves for, for, for Warcry, maybe. I know that that was, uh, promoted a while that back. That would also be, that would also be amazing, but. Yeah, I mean, I, no, I kind of we'll, hope we don't. Kn- yeah, we're not we're not really sure. You know, you know, it could be. I mean, it could very easily be something chaotic as well. Because now that I look at it, um, I think those I think those are two tails. Actually, I don't think that's interesting. Error. I think those are two two tails for something chaotic. Now okay. that I look at it, interesting. You know, I, I'm not exactly yeah. sure either. I, I'm not. I'm not exactly sure either. Uh, but you know, be, being that everything lately has been 40k and everything has been pretty much, um, it, it could be something like that. Because you know, with, with with the unbelievable success of that Indominus box, I think that um, yeah. that that why not? I mean, I, th- I think they're gonna. More. I think GW will continue to ride that gravy train with biscuit wheels on this one. I, so yeah, I bet. I bet <laughs> it is that Dark Eldar uh, 40k uh, character you were talking about. Sorry, folks. Uh, I mean, for, for any of for any of your forty, you know, for any of your forty k people out there that are listening to the show, and I'm I'm stumbling through trying to figure out who the dark Eldar lady is. Uh, that's just me not being a forty k guy. And ironically enough, we have a we have a uh, a show with a forty k name that talks about Age of Sigmar. Go figure. I don't know. Keep drinking. It'll make more sense soon. <laughs> Age of Sigmar is pretty grimdark as far as uh, now it is. Yeah. Fantasy. Yeah. 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 Now it is. Now it is. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's uh, let, let's keep rolling with the uh, with the news here. And you know, folks, I, I want to get into a topic that um, b- before I kind of click over and show the image, I want to get into a topic that I've been hearing about. Um, I'm going to hopefully use good English here, an escalative way, you know, and, and, and offline, Dustin and I, uh, we had a conversation about what we've been hearing regarding this arch Warhammer guy. And, uh, and Dustin, you, you know a little bit more about this than I do. And folks, we know that this is becoming, uh, a very political type of, uh, thing and, and we're not here to talk about that as a matter of fact i'm here to kind of understand what it is a little bit uh and, and i don't think we have really the authority or the skinny but i'd kind of like to hear what this is all about why this is uh an issue and, and, and dustin I, I know i'm kind of throwing you in the barrel here a little bit but i know that you have a little bit of an understanding of what this is correct yeah um because uh it was one of those things i just kind of stumbled upon his his first video which was on the 2nd of july mm-hmm. where um apparently uh, Arch had a mark against his uh, YouTube channel for um, using the word Warhammer. Um, okay. And apparently, yeah, yeah, and apparently in the email he was sent, um, uh, they, GW, or this representative of GW said there's a mark against his channel for having the word Warhammer on a YouTube channel that's monetized that is not official. Okay. All right. Okay. And so, so they, the, they, they, the were, problem, they were pressing a copyright issue, which I mean, GW, you know, is very aggressive with their protecting their copyright. Well, of because course, because if they don't, it, they will lose it. That's, that's why. Right. But, um, the problem 
is and oh, okay so this happens to his channel which arch was said he's willing to you know remove it from his the channel name and the url but you, not you, you mean the word the word warhammer the word warhammer yeah okay. he's willing to remove right. that from his channel now it's just called arch you know instead of arch warhammer um but the potential can of worms is um which he goes more in detail on his video the potential can of worms is um you know if he fights this and now gw is could potentially have to you know and, and it's weird they they immediately put a strike on his channel they didn't just say cease and desist hey can you not use you know the word warhammer or something um the the potential problem is now you have every potential fan based YouTube channel could be affected by this. Well, I mean, they do have their own channel podcast, you know, or, or Stormcast, mm -hmm. I mean. So, I mean, th th that could be something that they could be looking at. Uh, heck, even folks like us. Uh, mm -hmm. Warhammer Weekly. I wonder if Vince and, and Tom are going to have to change their, their show. Um, I, I could see where this is going to be affecting things, but I, I kind of want I want to take a, a step back. And folks, we're we're not taking sides on this thing. Grimdark Live isn't about that at all. Uh, as a matter of fact, if anything, we're we're kind of the resident goofs. We like to have fun, and 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 we're not really going to talk about you know war scrolls and all that other kind and data sheets and all that other kind of stuff that you, that a lot of other shows are going to do. We'd rather we'd rather make you laugh. But you know, I I, I wanted to touch on the static in the community about this guy who who calls himself arch warhammer i guess now arch or what whatever the heck it is i don't know um and uh anyway i, I he you know the gist of the story is for a lot of people who are catching up to this like myself is that uh he's a youtuber um, and I, I think his channel is rather uh, 40k, and it's funny that I've never heard of the yeah, guy before because he's got 40k. Yeah, uh, I've never. It's funny yeah. that I've never heard of the guy because he's got 225,000 followers. I mean, that, that's a, that's a lot of glue sniffers right there, man. I mean, that's a lot of people. <laughs> And yeah. I guess, like I said, he's mainly a 40K content producer, but he has nonetheless been harassing, from what I understand, how I came about this was I guess he's been harassing Games Workshop lately on everything related to corporate ethics, to politics, and mm -hmm. um, yeah. and, and it all revolves around the, the press release that GW came out with that stated, you know, Warhammer is for everyone. You remember that one? Yeah, it. Uh, and, and this is where it starts getting... Dicey. getting a little right yeah. dicey because uh, at first i thought okay it's gw defending their their copyright okay fine and on his videos uh he did he he posted another video where apparently some uh i, I don't want to get too much into it but apparently sure. there's a gaming company that you know like uh pays his uh um or sponsors his channel apparently and okay uh apparently they were told you know this is hearsay but they were they were told not to work with him oh uh, apparently apparently um now okay uh, i mean that was just in the second video and then kind of from there I i'm not sure how much that got resolved but then he started immediately talking about the warhammers for everyone post sure and you know specifically commenting about the last line of that post where okay, yeah you know, it, yeah you know and this is yeah. where we're getting as a, as a side know. note if i can just say this right now as a side note i really wish and, and i think i think a few shows ago i think it was maybe when steve's last show that he was on um mm -hmm. uh 
I think I think we even said it then. You know, as a side note, folks, I, I want to say this. You know, I really wish GW had not come out with the statement at all. It it really has caused a lot of issues. Uh, but anyway, you know, we 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 have a show on this. Uh, I'll link it to in the show notes below if anybody's interested in um, in hearing about that or seeing that. I mean, but but again, I, you know, I I I think that this kind of I don't think this hobby has any any place for politics. If you really want to know no. the truth, and no. and for that fact we're, that this we're, thing we're here to chuck dice. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but but back to this Arch Warhammer guy. Uh, is his British accent real? I mean, it sounds like if I were to try to attempt think, to do a British accent, it sounds terrible. Is it real? I think he. I think he's Norwegian, because or, or something. Because he he mentions Norwegian copyright law in okay. one of his videos. Okay. And how you know basically what's happening wouldn't you know fly or something, but it's U.S. copyright law or something. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's a mess. It is it's goofy, but you know, as I've, as I said before, I didn't mean to digress on that one. I was actually trying to be a little bit funny, but um, GW might have been virtue signaling with their message, maybe. Uh, but from what I've seen uh, in this guy's recent videos, his gripes are that GW is price gouging and he's calling out GW for hypocrisy mm-hmm. on their on their message of Warhammer is for everyone. I think he stated. Uh, or maybe stated something or started an email campaign or something like that. I'm not exactly sure yeah, to get started... GW the hell out of the, the politics, which I agree with. Yes. And, yep. and just have them concentrate on making plastic little dollies for all of us. Yeah. So, yeah. And, you know, I, and I'm, I mean, I'm going to say this that, right now. That makes a little bit more sense, yeah. And, and I'm going to say this right now, and I think, Dustin, you'll agree with me as well. Uh, I don't disagree about with, with that one bit. I, I think we should keep politics out of the hobbies. I've said probably a yeah. hundred times. Yeah. And, and this is it how – go ahead, man. Sorry. No, 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 I'm disagreeing with you, yeah. And, and this is how um, this is how things like this get, get I think, over, over the top. They become ridiculous, and I think that's what the story yeah. really is. And, and, and somehow this thing became left versus right thing, and, 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 and this, his, his underlining message here is that he's, he's targeting a company, Games Workshop, for getting into politics mm-hmm. and making a series of rebuttals to other people who are targeting him as a person. The whole thing yeah. has gotten cockamamie, and, and this is why I think we said three, four weeks ago on the show when, when they first came out this message, and, and, and we applauded this message. We said it. We, we, we actually put up a post that said, we're behind you a thousand percent on yeah. this, meaning Grimdark Live. But, yeah. but for, 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 for gosh sakes, I tell you what, I, I wish they wouldn't have done it. I, I really do. I, I, I really wish they wouldn't have done it. It polarized so many people. And, and let, me, let, me, let me ask yeah, you this. That's the word. Yeah, and, and, let, me, and let me ask you this. Uh, and everyone else watching and listening, you know, answer me this. And Dustin, I'm, I'm saying this to you directly. And 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 maybe when yeah. Justin gets back on the show, we'll we'll, we'll ask him himself. Um, but everybody, answer me this: Did Games Workshop message of Warhammer is for everyone? But but only if if you agree with that message, I guess. Did that message weaponize some folks out there? Give them uh, you know car blocked permission by by GW to go out and 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 I guess attack people that's kind of what this guy is saying do you think that that's what happened yeah mm-hmm. okay i un- unfortunately yeah um you know I, I feel like i feel like if they if they left the last sentence out it would have gotten the point across without being divisive because i i agree with what they're saying warhammer warhammer is for everyone it's a hobby it it, it's you know it brings people together of, mm-hmm. of you know, different nationalities and viewpoints and, you know, and we play the game to have fun and socialize with people. Um, yeah, you're, you're a, um, 
game company that makes miniatures and makes games that people love to play. Right. Leave politics out of it. Yep. I, I, I thousand percent agree. And, you know, folks, before we move on to the next and, and final topic here in the news, um, let me end this part of the news with this. Grimdark Live does not care uh, if you're a Republican or a Democrat, straight, gay, white, black, brown, yellow, pink and blue polka dots, uh, man, woman, religious or not. Um, uh, But we'd implore all of you out there that are watching this show, keep politics the fuck out of the hobby. Pardon my French, but keep, keep politics out. Keep it out. I mean, you know, if you want to, if you want to say that uh, Stormcast are better than Bloodbound or vice versa, go right ahead. You know, um, they're never going to be as good. Nobblers are the nobblers are the greatest unit in the game. Nobblers are the great, and nothing will ever be as good as nobblers. As a matter of fact, I would take that on as a political message. I think I think I can be emperor of the world. As a matter of fact, that's got a nice ring to it. You know, I I could when when I become emperor, Dustin. I'm going to say this to you right now. When I become emperor, nobblers are going to be on every single household, maybe to the tune of. (laughs) I don't know, a thousand or, or more. We'll start there. That sounds okay. like a good number. Okay. How do they do? So I want you to I want you to focus on that, folks. Remember, the answer to everything. It's are nobblers. nobblers. <laughs> All right. Nobblers. Say it with me. Nobblers. Didn't it, didn't it lovely it rolls off the tongue beautifully, doesn't it? All right. Uh, All right. Enough enough <laughs> insanity is going to ensue here. So let's um let's get on to a tournament that um is right around the corner. Folks, we have Armed Forces Day 3. Uh, that's going to be on August 8th and 9th. That's going to be coming up here. And this is going to be our third year for this 100% charity event to support our active duty troops. And Armed Forces Day tournament is going to be held, as I said, August 8th and 9th. Uh, and you can head over to GrimDarkLive.com to check out the information on this tournament. Armed Forces Day 2020 is going to be a two-day uh, Age of Sigmar event where each player will bring 2,000 points of an army comprised of the most recent General's Handbook. Do you hear what I just said, man? Recent. A General's Handbook 2020 is going to be used. This might be the first tournament with the new handbook, you think? Uh, it's, that's possible considering how many, uh, uh, how much uh, fewer uh, tournaments there have been and events and things considering, you know. I kind of like this. I kind of right like now. the sound of that, man. That's kind of, yeah. I, I kind of like that, man. That's pretty cool. But yeah, so we're going to be allowing the new 2020 handbook. Uh, and, and this could be the very first tournament coming out of the, uh, of, of the COVID lockdown. And, and this event is going to be a 1v1 five game, two day tournament to provide donations to our active duty troops while celebrating armed forces. You know, obviously we couldn't have it back in May. Uh, but here we are, um, having it, uh, in August, um, and uh, it's going to be a good one. But also, we're going to be supporting the Montford Point, Mar- Montford Point Marine Association Chapter 2. Uh, there's also going to be a separate raffle to support this historic Southside Chicago Montford Point Marine Chapter. And after a half a century of being home to one of the first African-American Marines who settled in Chicago after the war in 1946, the chapter faces looming debt with the potential for closure, and we're just not going to let that happen. Uh, these African-American Marines uh, have contributed so much to this country and, and really are an influence to so many that we're going to make sure that, uh, that we do whatever we can, even if it's in a small way, to ensure that they have a tomorrow. Uh, and of course, Armed Forces Day 3 wouldn't be possible without the support of GameStorm Gaming, Frag Factory 3D Printing, Ministomp.com, and Six Squared Studios. So yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of awesome stuff uh, that that's happening, man. Dustin, what else do you got in the news, man? Anything? Anything you want to add? Uh, I don't, I don't think so. Um, I was just thinking, how much, uh, I don't remember, how much did we raise last year? I got to go back and look. I think uh, I think it was over over a thousand. I mean, was, I mean, these are smaller tournaments because we just haven't had the opportunity yeah. to uh, get a get a space. But yeah, uh, I, I think it was right around that ballpark. I'll have to go back and look. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, because that's to me, that's what made the whole weekend worth it. I mean, um, I mean, of course, it was great to play a tournament and face other people, but Heck the yeah. fact that we're we're playing, we're not just playing to play; we're playing for a good cause. Like, I mean, that was that made you know. It, it worth it basically so. absolutely man absolutely well well yeah so folks uh, we got a lot of great stuff coming up in the show i mean we're going to be talking about daughters of cane here in a little bit we're also going to be talking about uh the uh the build a bear for nerds that is definitely coming up i'm actually really you know i gotta tell you you know it's funny i'm a match play guy i really am i love match play uh, open play I've always had my opinion on open play. I mean, you know, when Age of Sigmar first came out five years ago, like I've said a thousand times here on the show, open play was a great way to find out if your opponent across the table was an asshole. Um, <laughs> remember that? You take a model out, I take a model out, you know, they're, they're pulling. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I remember it. The The first game of AOS I played, um, you know, we, we did the whole wound thing, and, uh, you know, I, I pounded my friend into the ground with my uh, skull crushers, and I'm like, hmm, I don't think this is uh, balanced. No, as a matter <laughs> and of fact, General's handbook came out. No, and, and you know, and that's that's the funny thing because um, for me, when when uh, when Age of Sigmar was finally rolled out and it had points, that's when it became a real game. So, so back to what I was saying yes. before. I mean, to me, the General's yep. handbook has always been. I've always loved it for the match play, the points, but I got to tell you, this new twist, this build a bear for nerds, this anvil of, of, of apotheosis. Uh, I'm in, man. I I, I love. I it. like it. Um, it brings back the that f- customizable feeling from you know old hammer. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, we we can have ogre, we, can, also, we can have ogre bruisers back, man. Bruiser standard bears. I love that. Yeah. Or um, you know, just uh, I I like it because they baked in. They have the um thing where basically you can play a campaign. And your character gets more destiny points as they go. Right. Which, right. you know, it doesn't happen very often, but I do love linked campaigns where your character gains experience stuff because it kind of feels like, you know, a little bit of a, you know, RPG or. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and we're, yeah. And we're going to be talking about that here right after we talk about your daughter's a cane for sure. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I love the fact. But, you know, something I love the fact that they've added in that RPG. But, folks, we're getting we're getting way ahead of ourselves, man. I'm, I'm just here basically saying that I think for once in, in, in the first general's handbook that's come out since the, since the game uh, rolled out uh, in the ashes of end times. Uh, I think this might be my favorite part of the book. I, 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 uh, I, do. I, I like it. Yeah. Well, well you're, like you're a big D&D guy, right? I mean, you know, I mean, I've, yeah, I play D&D. Yeah. So so that RPG thing is right up your alley. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, it's. It's it's one of the reasons why I love converting so much and making characters unique because, you know, I, you know, like to have or at least imagine storylines for, OK, why is my character fighting this opponent? Well, because of this reason. And it, it becomes a little bit more interesting instead right. of just, well, I'm fighting these ogres today. It's well, no, we're fighting over, you know this thing for this reason right. and we're in this part of the world or whatever you know yeah you got to give uh you, you got you got to give them uh, a little bit of a life well good stuff man all right well i'll tell you what we are going to be right back we, we've got uh, we've got we're going to be starting coming back with daughters of cain here in a minute so uh so so good stuff man Hey gang, I wanted to take a break in today's show to introduce one of our sponsors and a great store for all of your hobby needs. That's GameStorm Gaming in Lamont, Illinois. Open seven days a week, 12 to 12. 
GameStorm Gaming has got you covered for all of your hobby and gaming needs. They got Magic the Gathering, War Machine, X-Wing, Game of Thrones, Force of Will card game, PC gaming and repair, Warhammer 40k, and Age of Sigmar, and a ton more. Grab paints, brushes, cases, dice, and a lot more at GameStorm Gaming in Lamont, Illinois. Stop in and see John and the gang there at GameStorm Gaming, located at 1243 State Street, Lamont, Illinois, or check them out on their website at GameStormGaming.com. Again, that's www.gamestormgaming.com. They also stay open past midnight for special cases and events. So get over there and get your nerd on with GameStorm Gaming, 1243 State Street, Lamont, Illinois, 630-243-9330. Again, that's GameStorm Gaming, 1243 State Street, Lamont, Illinois. GameStorm Gaming is a proud sponsor of Grimdark Live. We hope to see you there. All right, we are back. We are ready to talk uh, a little bit of uh, Daughters of Cain with uh, with Dustin. So, Dustin, you ready to get going here, man? Yes, I am. All right, we are going to talk about this army. And, folks, um, uh, I know that Justin is going to be joining us here in a little bit. As I said, he's out house hunting. But uh, So we are going to take you through Daughters of Cain here with Dustin. So, folks, let me just let me just open up with this. If you like the idea of playing an army of bloodthirsty, fanatical murderers but don't like corn, which is the army that, uh, that, that Dustin here just came from, um, literally, we have an army of hot chicks and monster girls in bikinis uh, for, for you to talk about here. So we're going to be talking about Daughters <laughs> of Cain. So our, our guest tonight, as I mentioned earlier, our, our, our guest co-host is a, is a great friend and someone who, in my opinion, is one of the best people to talk about Daughters of Cain, and that's Dustin Hart. Dustin, thanks again for being with us tonight, bud. No problem. All right, man. Well, let's get into this army. So uh, take it away, man. Tell us a little bit about Daughters of Cain. What got you into them? What were some things that you found about this army that you just you had to be part of? Well, uh, again, the uh, the initial trailer uh, they uh, they played when the army came out is, is just probably one of the best army trailers I have I've seen. I mean, they they teased that before. With um, some like uh, lore, with uh, this artwork um, on a video, and basically Marathi talking. Oh yeah, and I remember that one. I, I knew I knew it right away. I'm like, oh, this is Marathi, um, and I was glad I uh, was uh, made uh, proven right when um, you know she was eventually revealed. But uh, yeah, the, the the go look, just you know go look on YouTube, Dars of Dars of Kane trailer. It's it's fantastic. I yeah. mean, we're not going to pull it up here, but um, but no, I, I'm just like uh, I, I saw the the basically you know the Malusi, the Naga archers, and uh, you know blood sisters with the spears, and I'm like, I want to play this army. Like, I, I don't know if they're even good, but they they are actually very good. Right. Um, the uh, the uh, the <clears throat> standard troop is the uh, the witch elves. Um, right. And if you take a Bloodrack Medusa as your general, you can right. have Blood Sisters as your battle line instead. And I got my um, book here, man. I'm going to be talking with you. I got my book. Yeah. So, so I'm, and, I'm, uh, I'm ready to keep up with you today, man. All of the uh, – I have I have 30 Witch Elves. Um, uh, you can pull up the, the first list if you want. Okay. Um, number one. But um, I, just from the beginning, I'm like, I want to play with a bunch of snakes because they're cool. And thankfully – 
they're very effective as well in, okay. uh, in the battlefield. But um, So this first list I'm going to be pulling up here, this is going to be a Hagnar list. Am I correct on that? Yes. Okay. Uh, two of the two of them are actually Hagnar, and then the other one is uh, Calibron. But okay. Um, the if for those of you who don't know, there's different temples you can take for the Dars of Cain, and um, Hagnar um, does two things. It um, gives your general an aura. Um, any Dars of Cain unit within seven inches um, gets plus one to their fanatical faith save, and what that is, it's you know six plus to ignore damage right um but within radius of the general it becomes five five up and then um and this is where daughters of one of the strengths of daughters of cain is are their prayers from their hags sure and one one of them is blessing of cain lets you re-roll failed fanatical faith saves right say that you know 10 times fast um so daughters of cain are very can be very squishy but using this ability and that prayer i think the term you can is have used, a unit yeah the the again and again right yes. yeah i think um, the term is used glass cannon <laughs> but i'm going to go back to that real quick because there, there was a conversation i saw on the board so i actually corrected some guys uh regarding this army i was going to try to link in on that conversation but this is a couple of days ago when people were talking about the new ruling with the gw uh or the new the new gw 2020 or um uh, GHB 2020, the, the new general's yeah. handbook about, you know, not stacking on the ward saves. And this topic mm-hmm. got brought up about the again and again. And really what the again and again is, just for anybody to clarify that, that's just a re-roll to the save. It's not a it's not a stacking of the ward save. Right? Correct. So it, other- it is. So it's not affected by that ruling because you would only have one source of oh. that after save, right. which is their army ability, fanatical faith. Okay. It's it's the combination of the general's aura that makes it a five plus a blessing that you have to get off on a three plus um, makes it so you can re-roll a five, you know, you have a five plus rollable, re-rollable ward right. save. Yep. Um, yep. So you have a unit that normally only has a six up save now has a five plus rollable save. Okay. It's, it's very good. So let me let me run down this list here. So this is your this is your Hagnar list. Uh, your mm-hmm. mortal realm is Chaman, and you've got uh, Bloodrack Shrine as your general. You've got uh, three Hag Queens, a Sorceress, and for your battle line, you've got uh, a unit of twenty Blood Sisters, another unit of twenty Blood Sisters, thirty Witch Elves, and you've got a unit of five Doomfire Warlocks. Uh, all mm-hmm. right, so so let it, let us in, man. What's the what's the good, bad, and the ugly about this list right here? <clears throat> all right, well, uh, the Bloodrack Shrine. Um, is an upgraded um, Bloodrack Medusa. Normally, a blood, Bloodrack Medusa has six wounds. Putting her on the Bloodrack Shrine, she's now 13 wounds and is also not a monstrous creature. So Interesting. she has thir- 13 wounds because it's a mount she's basically sitting on. Um, she can still get Legoutzer, which is fantastic. Um, but she gets a couple extra attacks. But more importantly, it's the, the extra wounds that you're giving her because... Dars of Kane characters are not are not that durable. Most the most they'll have is a five plus save and you know five or in this case six wounds. So you know with a lot of concentrated shooting or magic, they're gonna you know, die. So right. so because the her ability, the devoted disciples, is so important to keeping the army alive. That's why I usually do the blood rack shine because she'll have more wounds. I gave her a thousand one dark blessings, so her, she's a four plus save instead oh, yeah. of a five plus. Right, and she does benefit from her own command trait, um, 
the the improved um, fanatical faith save. Sure. So she's pretty pretty decently tanky. Um, pretty slow, only six inches instead of eight compared to the other snakes. But um, it, it's worked pretty well um, so far. But uh, she's very important to you know that she's basically the linchpin of the army. Okay. Um, which is why you want her to stay alive as much as possible. Um, now. The other important thing, which is why I have three of them, are Hag Queens. They actually went up 10 points. Uh, okay. There were 90 points. Now there are 100 points each, which... Uh, now, is that, was, that, was that a fair bump? I mean, obviously you're not going to like it because you played the army, but that was that was kind of fair. I thought, uh, I thought... I would say, just to keep them in line with other characters, yes. Um, okay. Back at the beginning of 2nd Edition, when there were 60 points, even I said they were under-costed. But, well, I remember um, that, yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the reason, the real reason you take Hag Queens, first of all, is for their blessings. Um, you know, the they on a three plus, uh, you can cast a blessing on a unit, and usually they're a buff. Um, I have two here. Um, blessing of Cain lets you reroll your fanatical faith save. Catechism of Murder, um, any unmodified six to hit becomes an additional hit. Okay, it's fantastic. Yeah. The other one is Covenant of the Art. Um, I can make a unit immune to Battleshock. But the other advantage of the Hag Queens is they all have an ability called Witch Brew. Uh -huh. It's an ability within on the, in the hero phase. They choose a unit within three inches of them. Um, that unit uh, drinks from the Witch Brew. They become immune to Battleshock and can reroll all failed wounds. Okay. Which is when you're doing and, a crap and, ton and of that's, attacks. And that's effectively called the again and again, right? Uh, I mean, a, a lot of Dars of Cain is rerolling things. So okay, all right, maybe, maybe I got that confused. Sorry, I didn't mean to. I didn't no, mean to, uh, to, to cut again you and again there. is the uh, rerolling the fanatical face save. This okay. is just rerolling all wounds because. Oh, ability. that's right. You know, I'm sorry. Um, yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, and and actually, I I need to go back a step here. If you're not familiar with Dars of Cain, each turn they get a reroll of one of something. So, first turn they can reroll ones for running. Uh, second one, they can reroll ones for charging. Third turn, reroll ones for hits. Uh, fourth turn, reroll ones for wounds. Fifth turn, reroll ones for saves. Okay. So immediately they have rerolls, which are nice. Now this is why Hagnar is amazing. Um, the the devoted disciples aura, you know, improving that fanatical faith save. That's good. What is amazing is turn three. The entire army, instead of rerolling ones to hit, reroll all hits. Wow. So, if I have a unit that it's turn three, and they have Witch Brew, they're rerolling all hits, rerolling all wounds. Okay. So, and, and uh, you could have a unit of Blood Sisters or Witch Elves that are throwing out 30 plus attacks, rerolling hits, rerolling wounds. It's amazing. Sure. Because... They become on turn three. They become so efficient in dealing damage. Now, granted, you have to stay alive until turn three for this to happen. Sure. Uh, which there are some games that have ended on turn two, which means I'm not really getting half my army benefit. But if I can last till turn three, hopefully the tables will start turning. Right. And, and um, that's and that and, and I mean, is that is that predominantly your game plan? Is is that type of a a longevity stint, you know, let's, let's get you through game, you know, turn three. And then you think you're pretty much home run after that or home um, free after that. Yes. And no. Um, cause the, the problem with Dars of Cain, even, even with the, 
you know, the blessings and the fanatical face save, they are a they are a glass cannon. They deal damage. They cannot take lots of damage. Now, granted, I have you know big blobs of uh, units. You know, with two units of twenty and a unit of thirty, um, they can't take a lot of damage though. Okay. Um, so and and that's and that's kind of the the thing, which is why I like them because it's kind of it's not I'm not just gonna sit and camp on an objective. I have to go and kill you before you kill sure. me. Right. And it forces me to um, play tactical. Um, you know, I, I can't. Basically, it's it's very hard to be cheesy with this army, which okay. it, it forces so, so, you to think tactically. So they're still elves. They're very unforgiving. That, that's that's yes. every elf army yes. I've ever played. I, mean, I, I came from, as you know, a high elf player back in back in Warhammer Fantasy Battles, and, and they were that way then. They 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 could hit you uh, hard, but they couldn't take a shot at all. I mean, they they were all glass mm-hmm. cannony, and you know what? They were very unforgiving. If you if you made a mistake, you generally paid for it and doubled. Yeah. So. Uh, and that that. It, it, that is definitely true, even with this army, even with me using it for so long. Um, but, I mean, last year at um, Arms Forces Day, uh, my game against Rob, I borked my deployment, and that cost me the game. That'll do it, man. I learned I learned a lot in that game, let me tell you. That'll um, do it. That'll but yeah, do it. and because, you know, if I'm out of range of my buffs, if, you know, I mean, I've done this before, I, you know, my witch elves can run and charge. And I've done it where they've gotten out of range of my Hag Queen. Now they're not immune to Battle Shock next turn. And they just die. Okay. And yeah. so yeah. Um, it's a lot of dealing. You have to keep all the synergies together because if you can, they're very, very deadly to face. Oh, yeah. But now, the, there's part of the synergies as far as their, their five plus ward save. That's not wholly within, right? That's still just within. So you could still conga line out your units a little bit, right? Uh, yeah, it's it's only seven inch range, but it's within. It's not wholly within. Well, that's um, huge. Now, that's awesome. Yes. Now, if, if they changed it to wholly within, I certainly hope they would extend the range more than you'd seven go, inches. You'd probably but, go back to core. Um, <laughs> well, I don't know about that. No, I'm kidding with you. All right, so let, let's take a look at the. Uh, I, I mean, are you are you ready to take, go go on to the next list, the temple nest? Oh uh, yeah, we can go under that. Um, the. Only thing I'll mention is the Doomfire Warlocks are kind of an interesting thing. Yeah, let's because, okay. Yeah, let's talk about those guys for a second. Um, you got a unit of five of those, 140 points. Because they 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 went down 20 points, uh, which is great. So they're 140. Um, you have a unit of five uh, cavalry models that uh, 14 inch, uh, 14 inch movement. Mm-hmm. Um, they have crossbows. I'm not really worried about that. The real reason you take them is as a unit, as long as um, as a unit, they are a spellcaster. Um, oh, not bad. And their, yeah, their signature spell um, is very good. Um, if you have five models, it's D6 mortal wounds. Now, you could take a unit of 10, and it's a flat six, but it's not worth it. Okay. Because, the, the, and the problem with them is they're, they're a skirmishing unit. Um, they, they're, okay, they're okay in combat. They're not amazing. The real reason they're there is to move fast and cast spells sure. and, and maybe maybe pepper a unit with a little, a little bit of crossbow bolts but that's about it but it's nice because you know uh the number one spell that i need to be casting on my blood rack shrine is mind racer okay which uh i'll explain what that does really quick um it gives a unit an additional rend which is great occam's mind more racer. Impor- yeah uh yeah okay. basically mm-hmm. um more importantly is if my bravery is higher than the unit that has the blessing, um, 
the unit that's attacking, or I'm sorry, my unit, if my unit's bravery is higher than yours, the, the enemy, they do an additional damage. Nice. That you add yeah. one to the damage. Yeah, the that, that has that has gotten me in a game, uh, I think, well, well, you and I actually, we're usually playing, We, I mean, we played against each other quite a bit. We just recently played yeah. on the same side of the table in a team it, game for the first time, I think, ever, right? And, yeah, well, uh, probably the first time in, like, almost a year yeah honestly. but but you you've Usually definitely you've other. definitely done that to me quite a bit now, now before we move on to the next well i i guess i guess your, your next list will answer the question that i was about to ask you so let's let's roll on to that next list shall we yeah mm-hmm. all right here's the next one here we got temple nest on this one and let me um let me go ahead and uh and and kind of kind of talk about this one here for a second so Here's what we have on this one. So you've got um, again Hagnar. You're still in Chaman. Before we go any further, why why Chaman? What what's the well uh, for for fluff and flavor? I usually go with um, Olgu because that's where right that's where know, they're from. Darzu can from right. But um, I using the new realm rules. Oh. Um, I, I wasn't I wasn't too impressed with um, some of the other ones. Um, but I, I just kind of liked how the command abilities and the artifacts and stuff worked with uh chaman okay all right um all right so i i mean the uh, if if i decide to take it i mean i might not take it but um i, I thought the realm rod realm artifact was actually pretty good okay. you ignore rend of one on a, on a character that sure. could be really good um but that that's kind of why I, I usually for fluff and flavor i would go with ogu but okay Yo. So here's your list here. We've got Hagnar. Uh, you've got a Bloodrack Medusa uh, as your as your general. We got uh, two Hag Queens, another allied in Sorceress. We got uh, two units of twenty Blood Sisters, a unit of twenty Witch Elves with uh, with their pairs of knives, and you got two units of five Blood Stalkers. Uh, that's interesting because I don't see a lot of people running those. So that's interesting. And then uh, you yeah. got Italian. You got Temple Nest. All right, man. Get, you mm-hmm. know, coach us a little bit on this one. Tell us a little bit about this list. All right, um, and and before I forget, um, the the reason I put the 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 sorceress in there is for her spell, uh, which is a word of pain. Oh yeah, it does yeah. Uh, D3 mortal wounds, and then uh, the target unit uh, subtracts one from their hit roll. Got it. That yeah. could be really really good. So good. it's just kind of it, it, it usually is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and also blood racked medusas are the, which are the main spellcaster for Dars of Cain are 140 points. And I can just squeeze in another spellcaster for another unbind or whatever for right. 90 points instead. So yeah. that's really why the sorceress is in there. Um, but yeah, so uh, the Temple Nest Battalion, um, you have to have a Bloodrack Medusa, which can be on, on foot or on the shrine, believe it or not, because it's a mount. Um, and you have to have two units of Blood Sisters and two units of Blood Stalkers. And the advantage of the Temple Nest Battalion is... Um, in the combat phase, if you roll one um, against a Temple Nest unit, um, it's they FAQ'd it. It's un, unmodified, so it's after um, re-rolls. Or I'll have to actually. Yeah, I, I think well, it's, it's. I think when the FAQ came out, I think it is. Uh, it's after re-rolls. I think it is after re-rolls. Uh, yes, four modifiers. I think correct. It's it basically it's not affected modifiers um but basically if you roll one attacking me and, and it's not re-rolled right you take a mortal wound yeah um yeah. which uh, i mean it's that's good it's nice every but, little bit helps in this game so yeah something like that yeah. does i mean 
That's a clutch ability. Now, the reason that'll, that'll I, I, that'll help it in a, in a clutch in a clutch moment. Yes, right. Exactly. Um, now, th this is one of the only battalions that has snakes in it, though. So this is why it's really the right. only battalion I, I use. Right. Because I mean, some of the other battalions are good, but they require, um, you know, Sisters of Slaughter or Kinnerai that I don't really use. Um, right. So this is kind of the only battalion I use because I use snakes. Now, Bloodstalkers are they're better than they were because they used to be 160 points or 120 points or five. Um, unfortunately, what stinks for them is they got hit really hard because of lookouts there. Um, because uh, normally on a when you roll a six or for the lead, unit leader a five because the unit leader gets plus one to hit, they do a mortal wound with their bows. Uh, but you, each one only has one attack. Threes and threes minus one, one damage. Um, but that's the downside is if you're attacking something that has a minus one to hit, like a character that gets lookout, sir. Um, or, you know, just something that has a negative modifier. Unfortunately, that kind of negates their whole mortal wound ability. Because sure. right. it's not unmodified. Now, right. hopefully that will get changed in a new book where it will be unmodified sixes. It just happens all the time. Um, currently, the good thing, though, because the ch unit champion gets plus one to hit, you can mortal wound on a five with the champion. Okay. That's, yeah, that's, I did, yeah, that's right. I did, I, did, I did remember that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But um, I, I used them very effectively um, before second edition um, to hunt characters. They're actually very good at hunting characters because okay. if – because uh, you could, you know, just 24-inch range, hey, here's a couple more to wounds um, on a character. Now, unfortunately, that's a little bit harder to do with Lookout, sir. Um, but there, if you have two units and focus on one enemy unit, they're they're pretty good. Right. Um, it's just unfortunate that... Uh, I, I wish if they stayed stationary, you could do an additional attack or something, but... Um, they're they're pretty good. I mean, yeah, you, you can't be... you can't have it all, man. <laughs> I know you exactly. You can't have it all because I mean they're they're actually pretty good in hand to hand. That you know, um, they move eight inches with a twenty four inch range. That is very good. Right. Um, but I mean they're they're not bad. I and and I love the look of the models. Sure. Um, you know, make me think of Medusa from Clash of the Titans. Oh yeah. You know, uh, with the bow. So um, but yeah, they're they're kind of your tax unit for taking temple nest yeah you're talking about um, the blood they're, stalkers they're not bad i mean they're they're bow no rent yeah, right which which that's another I've, I've never understood oh, why their bow doesn't have they rent. do have rent they do they do have rent yeah it's, so they're, they're not bad it's just i'm looking in the book man they really have rent i was wrong on that one okay hold on let me okay you're you're i know you're right i just got to look because i'm a little i'm a little embarrassed that i, I kind of gaffed yeah. on that one i should uh yeah okay all right they have rent folks he's right they have rent yeah right. they're they're pretty good um it's just that I, I find it, uh, you know, more effective to just, you know, have more witch elves than, you know, another hag queen. You know? Right. Uh, right. Which oh, actually, I just realized I'm, I still have ninety points instead of a hundred points for uh, <clears throat> the hag queen, sir. That it, 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 if I change that to a hundred points for each one, it would be two thousand even. So. Sure. All right. Bad on that, well, let's so. take a look at the next list. We got we got a, a third list that, that you want to take a look at, and, and this one is the Celebron list, correct? Um, yes, and Celebron is actually my first and favorite temple. Um, I, I read the the lore on them, and I'm just like, this this is cool. Um, there, but and, and this is one of the things that is a little disappointing. So Celebron 
um, they have an ability shadow and uh, shadow and stealth, I think, mm -hmm. or uh, stealth and concealment. Uh, the whole army gets minus one to hit in the shooting phase. That's that's not bad actually. Um, but uh, the general uh, has to take the command trait Mistress of Illusion, and sure. what that does, start of the hero phase. Okay. And unfor unfortunately, it, it is start of the phase. If it was in the hero phase, I could buff a unit and then teleport them. But start of the hero phase, any unit, uh, Darters of Cain unit within seven inches, you can remove them from the table, reset them up um, nine inches away from any enemy model. Which, at the right time, especially because Age of Sigmar is an objective-based game, that is amazing. Sure. Now, you, you can only do it once per hero phase, but I can get a unit where I need it, when I need it. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's very, very good. Absolutely, that is. Absolutely. Um, so so let, let's go through this list. So this is Celebron, again, from, from the realm of Chaman. Yeah. Uh, you've got your Bloodrack Medusa. You got your Hag Queen, two of them. And you got Marathi. See, you snuck one in on me, man. I was I was just going to ask you, how do you make a two thousand point list with Marathi? So I want to get I want to get your two cents in a tin can on this one because, uh, well, uh, let me let me let me state what I'm going to say and let me let me read through the list first, and then I, I got a question yeah. for you. Uh, it looks like you've got uh, one, two, three, four. Uh, you got three units of Blood Sisters, ten of them. One unit of Witch Elves. Uh, I'm sorry, two, three units of Witch Elves. Three units of Witch Elves. Yeah. And that that comes out to two thousand points even on that one but you know i like the fact that you took a chance and I, and I say take a chance by throwing uh medusa in there because um i was going to ask you in, in a 2000 point game is there any way to take marathi or or are the daughters of cain just fine you know without her i guess is, is what i what i wanted to ask you um, they... so no go ahead so i, I would say that that to me, in my mind, it would be difficult to bring her in a two thousand point list. Maybe twenty five hundred. I, I would say. I would say. But um, because, and this is why I say this, and I'm gonna, I'm going to kind of do what I normally do on the show, and I'm, I'm going to take a left turn at Albuquerque here real quick. But see, I think um, as, as a different topic. But let me just say this: that Teclas uh, will fall into the same place as Marathi and maybe a Lauriel mm -hmm. as a really nice centerpiece that nobody really knows how to use or put in the, into their army. I mean, Marathi at 480 points, that's about the roof. I mean, I, I play I play a 400-point uh, Frostlord on Stonehorn. You know, the four, yeah. four to 500, that's about your comfort level with a hero, I would think. You know, you get into 660 yeah. or, or whatever Lauriel is, I don't remember now, but she, she's yeah. I think she's more than Marathi. That's when you start going, eek, you know, can I really competently um, – you know, get get her in an in, a, in an army. But I want to hear about this. Tell me, tell me a little bit about your philosophy here, about how you got Marathi, the High Oracle of Cain, in this list, and what was your thinking behind it? With a two thousand point list, no less. I actually kind of think it's cool. Well, um, the, the thing with Marathi, uh, um, I I've yet to use her because I still have to assemble her model. Because you know, uh, the 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 big dilemma for me has always been, okay, uh, I can take Marathi who is a, either a 6 or a 12 wound model, or I can take 20 blood sisters for the same price. Okay. Points yeah. wise. So, and so the, with objectives usually, and all that kind of stuff, you take the blood sisters. Yeah, I take the blood sisters. That's right. 40 wounds you have to deal with. However, um, I, I did use Marathi in the, the giant uh, like siege game we did, and I wasn't too impressed. Now, Marathi in her elf form is just an amazing... I would say very good spellcaster. 
Um, she gets plus one to, to cast and unbind, can cast three spells, unbind two, um, doubles the range of any spells. So she can be shooting mortal wounds at you from 36 inches away, which can right. be good. But the problem I have is you're spending 480 points on something that may not actually kill its points. Well, that, yeah, that's um, all, that's always the risk with, with big centerpiece models. Yeah. I mean, you, you've heard people talk about it all the time on the Nurgle side of things with the Maggotkin. You know, the, the Glotkin are always getting Mother F for what they don't do. I mean, it's a beautiful model, and I think that's what happens. People get sunk to that that idea that uh, and i think this is what, what folks i think i think with the luminous realm lords and i know when justin rejoins us here in the show he's gonna he's gonna kick my ass for saying this but you know the fact of the matter is is that i think techless is gonna fall into that same trap i think mm-hmm. people are going to take that uh that model and they're gonna try to use them once they won't be able to figure it out it'll be beautifully painted and then bang right on the shelf next to alariel next to the glotkin yeah. next to marathi so anyway i cut you off but go ahead sorry now um, so Marathi has a mechanic where either at the start of the hero phase, um, or if she takes enough, enough damage, she will transform into her form, which right. is the snake form. Right. Now, uh, when she's in elf form, she's all about spellcasting. When she's in her true form, she has a little bit of spellcasting. She can only cast one spell instead of three, but, uh, she's a, a damage monster. Okay. Um, and also, she can fly and move 14 inches. Now, and also, before we forget, um, Marathi has the um, Iron Heart of Cain, which means uh, she can only take up to three damage or three wounds um, per turn. Um, and anything else is ignored. Interesting. So, this, and this is where the, the idea, the tactic I had uh, comes in. So... And um, and you'll notice I gave her Mind Razor as her spell. Yep. So here's what you could do. You you have her either in her elf form or you could uh, – there's – her transformation and the teleporting are both at the start of your hero phase. So it's – you as the active player can choose which one of those happens first. So you could do this either way. Um, but what you could do is – um, if you find, you know, there's some nice juicy unit that you want to mess up, or more importantly, there's a unit that you want to tie up for the entire game. Okay. Maybe by maybe by a objective, because um, this is what Marathi does is because she ideally in most games will not die. Sure. Um, unless you really really focus, you know, on trying to kill her. Because what you could do uh, is you uh, could. Uh, Nagash, you know, I mean, right? Yes. So. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I, you know, what you want to do is you teleport her, you know, nine inches away from, you know, whatever enemy unit. And now of course she, she could potentially fail her charge. You know, that, that'll happen. But what you could potentially do is you could teleport her as, um, her elf self and then immediately transform her. And you could actually cheese a little bit more space, I think. Okay. Um, because that happens after you teleport her. But I, I, I don't think I would do that because I don't want to be a jerk. But so, um, so but, but anyways, but, but, so... but in a tournament play or in a in a competitive game play, that would be a viable thing that people could do that you would do. But obviously, in a friendly yeah. game, you wouldn't want to be the jag off that would have to do that. But in something like this, you'd say, yeah, I'm going to do that, right? I mean, that would be well, and because the only stipulation is you have to try and center the model. Is close to with your, her original position, 
um, as you can, measuring from the center of the base. Okay. But you can technically, you have to, if you, if that's not possible, you can move her up to f 14 or 15 inches from her original spot. Okay. Um, okay. The All stipulation right. is the base has to fit, you know. But, so obviously, but other... go ahead. No, go ahead. My question is, so when you teleport her, all right, she's in her elf form. You teleport her. She's got to be nine inches away from enemy models. Obviously, you you transform her into the the big bat meanie that she is, right? Mm -hmm. And now her base is bigger. Do you think yeah. that could be a conflict in the game? Um, I I think it definitely could. Um, they I know they specify that if you transform her and she's over fifteen inches or she's uh, over fifteen inches away from where she originally was, she can't she can't move in the following turn gotcha. which that makes sense gotcha but also the stipulation is when you teleport a unit they can also not move in the following movement phase so i would say you could potentially you know weasel out maybe a couple inches because you you put a smaller base nine inches away and now her base suddenly becomes bigger so she'll probably have less than a nine inch charge gotcha because the base is bigger and you want to know something? I just, I just heard, I just heard the door open and close, man. Justin, you're with us, man. Yeah, I just got here. Welcome, hey. dude. Welcome, folks. Welcome. Uh, the show is complete, dude. Thank you very much, man. I know that uh, you, you've been, you've been up against it, trying to get some stuff done in life, and uh, and I appreciate you, uh, you, you, you being with us, man. Justin, yeah, no welcome problem. back to the show. All right, so we, Justin, nice. we walked in, man. We are talking about daughters of Cain, and uh, oh, Dustin I here. You would be. I that's it, man. Dustin here is is educating us on, uh, on on why we all should be playing Daughters of Cain. So, and, and Justin, those, I mean, this, those this, tricks, those tricksy elves, <laughs> tricksy elves. That's right, that's right. So yeah, we were just uh, we were just going through the third of his lists, man. We we're talking about Celebron here, so okay. the Celebron list, and he was he was informing us why. See, I, I I had asked him a question. What is it? I mean, he, he's carrying Medusa, or I mean, uh, uh, Marathi in his two thousand point list, and you know, to me, I had I had asked him, is Marathi a something that you can you can competently think you can see in in a list you know being that bet that, that she's 480 points that's literally you know 25 percent almost of your of your your 2,000 points um you know is that something that uh that, that you would competently see so i'm surprised that you know he's got a list here that's showing marathi that he's actually uh, uh has her has her in the list so 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 dustin sorry about that man didn't mean to interrupt you but but yeah no, and, and, and the other thing i was saying was to me i'm always afraid that marathi and i think we've already seen this because the army's been out since what 2019 Right. That um, that Marathi's kind of been on the shelf with Alariel and the Maggot and, and and the Glotkin. You know, is one of those centerpieces that is really awesome. Yeah. And, and and as I said before, and I'll just repeat it, and then then I'll shut up so Dustin can 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 finish what he's saying. <laughs> but I I think I think just like Marathi, just like Alariel, just like the Glotkin, I I really think Teclas. See, watch watch this, Dustin. Watch out watch how pissed off Justin gets when I say this. I think I think Teclas is going to end up on the same shelf as as the rest of these big beauty. And don't get me wrong, I'd love to see myself wrong on this one, but I got a feeling that. Uh, and, and and Justin, we talked about this last show that I'm I'm afraid right. that Teclas is going to get the same shelving that that Alariel and Marathi have already and and the Glotkin have already pretty much gotten. So. You know what I I would probably say he might, but uh, you know we're uh, we'll, we'll see we'll see. I mean, we're, yep. we're, we're, we're going to be coming around here to Daughters of Cain pretty quick here. I mean, the the, the storyline, the history, the lore, everything that's coming yes. out of Lumineth, Rome Lords, everything is you're, – you're starting to see matchups between the, the the history and the lore of the two. And I think once we see Tyrion hit the table, 
which will be after the re-release of Daughters of Cain. Right. Right. All right. So, so Dustin, let's let's finish up on the list, and then let's get into a little bit more of the lore and all the background of, of Daughters of Cain. So, so here yeah, it is, man. Let me, let's uh, wrap up the Celebron list here. Yeah. So, uh, the the idea I had was, okay, you teleport, you know, Marathi, the the one place your teammate or your opponent doesn't want, um, or or close enough to it, because if they're smart and they know I have Celebron, they're not going to deploy, uh, you know, uh, allow me a backspace, but. Uh, you teleport her, uh, and then hopefully she casts Mind Razor on herself. So now she has an additional rend and additional damage. Hopefully, because her bravery is nine, which is pretty high. Basically, anything other than you know undead for the most part. Um, and then you know, basically whatever unit you either want to you know eliminate or just annoy and keep in place the entire game or for a big part of the game. Um, because she's, I mean, you know, okay, I attack a, a Stonehorn and you can do more than three damage in one turn, but you're only going to do three damage and Marathi right. won't go away. And to, unless you can, unless you like hand of dust where it, it, she's slain, that's the only, really the only way to deal with it. Um, but I, I just think that's more worth her points is, all right, here's this, you know, 500 point enemy unit that is going to ruin my day well i'm going to ruin your day with marathi and now your unit can't do what it's supposed to do yeah because yeah i'm paying 480 points to do this but i have marathi that oh where's the scary thing so that could hurt the rest of my army and keep me from getting all the objectives i need okay go over there and tie that up for the rest of the game nice nice yeah 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 but she can be stopped. I mean, she's not completely oh, I, vulnerable. She's not either. invincible. I mean, there's not there's no there's no there's no quasi god out there hero wise that is invincible. Mm-hmm. You know, Correct. and she she and yeah, three bet she can take three damage a turn maximum, but mm-hmm. insta kill. You know that yep. that, that erases that erases her. Mm-hmm. And if you tie her down with a big enough unit that can just keep clubbering her to death and keep her magic in check. Yeah. You know, yeah, I you're, mean, you're, you're you're taking a huge chunk out of your army in that point too. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's yes. a good point, that, that, Justin. That's, that's a great the, point. The, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, that's why I don't use her very often because it's it's five hundred points for one model. Right. Um, right. I I'm getting to the point where I haven't used her in so long. I I want to. I, I want a reason to actually make the model or put the model together, and you know. But uh, but yeah, I mean. I feel like that's the only way I would use her because she is she's a very good spellcaster, but honestly, I don't feel like Dars of Cain have a big enough uh, spell repertoire to make it worth it. Sure, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of armies out there that can hard counter her when it comes to magic, though. Yeah. So she yeah. runs and she runs the she runs the gambit on that. I mean, yeah, you do have you have Mind Razor and you have all the big spells that can cause a lot of havoc and a lot of buffer spells that help your army out dramatically. Mm-hmm. But there's hard counters to everything, and she's got a lot more against them than for her, if yes. that makes any sense. Which is why, oh well, yeah, I mean, in the magic phase, um, I mean, if I need to get Mind Razor off and it gets dispelled, oh boy, that's not that's not fun. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not fun for any army that gets this, their crucial no, spells no, uh, it's not. bomb. But, but that's why I, I just figured, okay, well, here's something that the opponent has to deal with and can't just dispel. Here's Marathi that's going to start beating you up. Deal with it. Like, and in the meantime, what I'm hoping is, you know, okay, you're going to put, 
know, some energy into fighting Marathi. Meanwhile, the rest of my army can go do what they need to do, which is the other reason why I have smaller units instead of giant, you know, 30 uh, woman blobs is you're never going to fit one of those where you need to. So if you have a smaller unit, you can still teleport it where you need to and go grab an objective and still be decently effective as well. Right. So you're, you're using the baseline min-max, so to speak, to your advantage for your teleportation mm -hmm. ability. Yes. Which, you know, instead of being, okay, 30-man blocks, great, great objective-holding number, but it doesn't do you any good if you're trying to bounce around the table, and that's what it sounds yep. like you're doing. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, right. And that's kind of the whole idea is... You have small, flexible units. I mean, ten witch elves—they're—they're gonna—they're wet paper. They'll die. But if I can do forty attacks to one unit, and then they die, okay. But also, more importantly, oh, you left that objective. I'm gonna go claim it from you now, right? Because right. your unit's nowhere near it, and I can go over there whenever I need to. So, so, so you pretty much agree with the, with the overall statement about daughters of Cain, just like almost every elf army that's ever been out in the history of of this game. That the army is really just an aggressive glass cannon uh, mm -hmm. is the best way to describe yep. them all right so most yep. most cells are so before we get into the lore because justin i want to get your two cents in a tin can on what you think about the lore and how they're tying stuff together because that, that's kind of that's kind of more your your repertoire as far as what you what you get into but mm -hmm. i want to ask a practical question here uh of dustin before i forget i mean dustin this is your army you played this army like i said since the very beginning in mm -hmm. 2019 yeah. i mean what would you suggest a good way to start a Daughters of Cain army for, oh, for yeah. a new player. I mean, you know, see, seeing how the, uh, the, in my thought, the witches and the sisters of slaughter are, are at this point the only battle line. I think, lest I, unless you use like the Bloodrack Medusa as your general, um, mm -hmm. would you say like three start collecting boxes is a decent uh, starting point, or how would you advise a new player coming into the army? Yeah, I mean, uh, start collecting. Um... I mean that's definitely almost always a good uh, a good uh, way to start. Um, they they did have a um, let's see they, they used to have a uh, the old Dars of Cain starter set was um, came with a uh, basically a blood rack shrine or um, cauldron of blood and ten witch elves right uh, for I don't know seventy five bucks or something which was great because you were basically paying twenty dollars for ten witch elves. Because the the big obstacle to start Dars of Cain is Witch Elves are still priced at 50 bucks as a rare unit from Fantasy instead of a battle line unit. Now, granted, you can make you can take make two units out of it. You can make Sisters of Slaughter or Witch Elves. Um, but 50 bucks for 10 of a unit you kind of have to run in 20s or 30s is kind of rough. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. Now. If you if you're okay with having your having a blood rack Medusa be your general, you can get uh, a box of five Malusi, um, use them as blood sisters. Uh, I think it's fifty bucks for five, which is you know yeah uh, they're they're kind 50, of a better value or fifty five, but yeah yeah, and uh, I mean. That was one of that was one of the side effects of me wanting to buy a bunch of snakes. Is oh, well, I'm getting a more effective unit for my money. Okay, All basically. Right. Um, now, and, and I mean, and that that's the hard thing with Darzakane is, um, it's it's usually run two ways: hordes of witch elves or snakes. And 
now there there are ways around getting hordes of witch elves. You know, you can buy them secondhand. You know, or yeah. buy the old you, metal you, ones you said, or whatever. You said hoard, and find for you? cheap. I said hordes. Yes, he, he said hordes. I was just just uh, just checking. I wasn't I wasn't <laughs> where, sure if where, he was still, where, where, if, where's if your we mind at tonight. What are you talking about? We're talking about daughters of Cain. That's why I thought I wasn't sure if he said hoard or not. It's uh-huh. yeah, we, we know yeah. where your mind's at. Just, hey, come on. What are you talking about? All right, I got another question before I got. See how rude he is all the time, Dustin. I try to talk and I I can't even have a, a word in otherwise. All right, here's my question. Looking through the book here. In the battle tome here, it mentions that you can take the Blood Sisters if your general is a Bloodrack Medusa. But does this mean it has to be a Medusa, or can it also be a Bloodrack Shrine since it has the Bloodrack Medusa keyword? It can be both. Yep. Groovy. Yeah, That's all I want. Okay. The, all right. Yeah, basically the Bloodrack Shrine is like giving her a mount, kind of. Um, but yes, the, the keywords are all the same, uh, which is why you can still take the Bloodrack Shrine in the Temple Nest Battalion because they have the keyword Bloodrack Medusa. Gotcha. So. Gotcha. All right. So it's, let's let's t- let's briefly take a walk down a little bit. Uh, and as far as Justin, what you were saying before, and, and Dustin, chime in, man. I want to kind of hear what 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 you guys bounce off each other briefly about this. Uh, um, and then we'll get on to the General's Handbook 2020 as far as build a bear for nerds. Uh, <laughs> but um, let's talk. What, Justin, what did you mean as far as when you got into the, the the lore? I mean, let's hear a little bit about what what you mean by that. Okay, so I've gone back in both the Daughters of Cain book recently and the Lumineth Realm Lords book, and I just was doing the the general base of the books. That they've broken their lore down into the Before Time, the Age of Chaos, and then the Age of Sigmar. So there's three phases to where we currently are in the history and the lore. And in the Before Time, or the Age of Mythos, there's mention about how the fall of all the realms and the fall of the elves and the splits and everything of that matter that happened. Then we jump at the very back end of that. It talks about how the daughters of Cain, Marathi, um, the twins, twin brothers, mm-hmm. um, Teclas and Tyrion. And uh, what's his name? Uh, help me out here. Just Dustin. The the oh, son, uh, Malaron. Malaron, basically are trying to figure out how to M- get the, try to get the souls out of Slanesh, basically. Okay, right. Okay, and they come to what I would basically call a covenant agreement. It w- and it wasn't between the four of them; it was between the three of them. So well, because it, they don't trust uh, Marathi. Right, because Marathi's not. Marathi was. Marathi what? Marathi is not a god, so they didn't actually oh, yeah. take it into account that she was going to need anything. So the agreement they came to was that for all the souls that were reclaimed, they would divide them evenly amongst the elves, amongst mm-hmm. these gods. And Marathi looked at him and said, "Well, if I'm going to help you, I want my fair share." Mm-hmm. So. This has been reiterated in both books. So you have, of course, the the elves that were taken to the shadow, which we have not seen hide or hair of them since. We have no idea what they're going to look like. But what it did say was that they have been they have been reforged and retwisted into the vision of the shadow. So we don't know if it's going to be dark beast or how they're going to look. We just we don't. There's no other information other than that. Okay. And then mentions that Teclas took his souls and with the first attempt at rebirthing the souls, which were diminished because being trapped inside of a, you know, Slanesh demon diminishes, diminished all their souls. These were then the Iodin Deepkin. 
and they were still elven souls. They were brought to the forefront and everything else, but they were flawed because of the diminished soul. That's one of the reasons why they raid and they have to replenish their souls and, constantly. And this is why Teclas pretty much wanted to kill them. Correct. Yeah. Tyrion staved in and said, no, these are elven souls that we have fought all this time frame to, ref to free. Right. Mm -hmm. The other portion of the souls that was taken was for Heesh. It was taken for the Realm Heesh. of Light. Right. And Tyrion basically forged the first, the High Mark. And these were beings of pure light, angelic, and it even says it in there, angelic, <laughs> of angelic markings. Angel yep. elves, really? Yeah, it does Angel say elves, this. Yep. And it says it in both books. Elves. And um, so as that society came to be, it was high enlightenment and things of that manner. Right. Then... Basically, you had the Age of Chaos hit because now you've had Slanesh being freed. All the gods are coming back into the world. Um, the Sylvaneth are dealing with Nurgle, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So they're all dealing with these problems. And the elves built their towers too high and they fell. And this was, of course, what led to the birth of the Lumineth and the Daughters of Cain because they all went their own ways. You know, Marathi got her souls and she reforged them using her blood, the blood of Cain, the artifacts of Cain, you know, the whole nine yards. And that's where you got your witch elves and you got your you got your Malusai. So that's where, where, where they was were the all tie in? Where's the tie in that, that I think you're, you're getting at? I mean, what, what, where do we the think all the, this is going to converge? It's all going to converge once we see the remnant elves come out of Tyrion and the shadow of Ugol. So we think we think the elves are going to be coming out of Tyrion are going to be more of the highborn, more of the high. They're going to be they're going to be the highborn. They're okay. going to be the top echelon, and it even references that in the Luminoth Realm Lord that their society is based on stature of height in the society, and at the very highest echelon is the enlightened who have shed their mortal coil and have physically become one with the light. Interesting. Okay. And so you'll probably end up having the same kind of concept in the realm of shadow those wow. who have those who have shed their metal coil and have Malorian, gone Malorian elves the i think are going to be the more I mean, you know what it's funny is 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 uh yeah Malorian i think is going to have a, a pretty rocking army i think but with everything that these lords are telling us as well i think we're going to see a big split coming on the elven front and that's going to be marathi falling to either destruction or chaos Okay, yep. now that interests me. Yep. So you think you think Marathi is going to go what back to Slanesh? Maybe. Because um, the one I'm saying this is the one I'm saying this is like like take take the Skaven and the Beastmen. They're chaos, but they're not really chaos. They're they're chaos, but they're kind of like chaos. Like they're like the weird junior varsity guys over there on the right, side. Right, right, right. So you so, think that Marathi so, will fall in line? Something like that. I think I think Marathi wants to replace Slanesh. She has an obsession with removing anything from the world that's Slavnesh mm -hmm. and has an, an absolute just iron fist will to be the one that is causing all that pleasure and pain, so to speak. All right. And, and Boy, also, that sounds pretty cool. Uh, and also, one of her things is that she's angry and frustrated about is she is not a god. She's a demigod. Right. And this right. is why she... You know, one of the reasons why Slanesh is going to get out eventually is because she's stealing more souls than are actually due her, and she's upset the balance of 
um, of the, of the being three. In the, the yeah. hidden gloaming. Yeah. So she's stealing more souls because that's what Marathi, you know, does. She always has to have her extra thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think, yeah, she'll eventually, um, will attain godhood, but I, uh, it's not going to be in the well, realm of order. No, right. it's not going to be in order. It might be something else. But I think what also is going to happen is, and Justin, I know we've talked about this. Um, eventually, the daughters of Cain are going to find out that Cain is dead. And Marathi's been lying to all of them. She's been Cause... feasting on the remnant souls of the artifacts to rebirth her, rebirth him in, in her. All, all the devotion that the daughters of Cain are showing towards Cain to try and find him, try and rejuvenate him so he you know, becomes corporal or, or just exists again. Um, it's all going towards her cauldron to make her into a God. Right. And she's been lying to everyone. And eventually I, there's going to be daughters of Cain that are still going to follow Cain. And then there's going to be some, mainly the Malusi. Yeah. So Medusa's. you might be a, you might see a split order book or something of that manner. Yeah. Okay. Well, and, guys... and it's funny because um, that actually ties into some of the background I have for my, my blood rack is, um, uh, at least the idea I had, because the the lore of the Medusas is basically Marathi blesses a witch elf with this transformation where they turn into a Bloodrack Medusa. But the side effect of this is they're now completely loyal to Marathi. So yep. she actually do- blesses her opponents so that they become immediately loyal to her. Which I thought was interesting, but at least the idea I had with my uh, my blood rack, um, which uh, is uh, I specifically used um, the old metal Marathi had. Oh wow! Because yeah, um, that, that that's an old part. <laughs> it's super old part, yeah. And I'm like, I I have to use this. Cause, I, I love how they've you know, they've kept the 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 lore and the character development of Marathi. But you know, guys, we we really could talk about this one all day. Oh, and I know yeah, that yeah, uh, definitely, definitely, uh, and and and. and Dustin, I mean, anything, anything to close out uh, the daughters came here before we get on to our next topic. Um, they're uh, you, you don't see them too much, but uh, they they're a fun army to use. Um, if you want to roll a lot of dice and also re-roll a lot of dice, right? Um, again, and... again and again. <laughs> no, be a, yeah, I mean, be again, again. And from a painter standpoint, they're beautiful models and go absolutely yeah. fun as he- all hell to paint. They are yeah, they're, right. they're absolutely um, fun to paint. They're they're a lot of fun. Um, they're they're actually kind of rare uh, that I've seen. Yeah. Um, as far as you know, facing them, so uh, they're they're definitely cool. Like if you want to play a bunch of bloodthirsty elf berserkers and you know snakes and weird things, like yeah, they're they're cool. They're gotcha. super almost cool. Surpri- I'm almost surprised with that statement that they're not trying to take out corn. <laughs> Well, you know, you know, it's it's funny. They, they they might as well be like corn. They're basically corn in in, in a bunch of bikinis. Wow. Yeah. Yes, they are. Yeah. Thank I mean, you for that know, image. Corn corn bikinis. Corn, corn bikinis. Corn bikinis. Yeah, that, corn corn kinis. That that leaves a terrible. Corn kinis. You know, hey, th- corn kini guys. Thank you very much for keeping it creepy. I thought that was my job. All right. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. Well, folks, we're going to be right back. We are going to get into our last topic here, and that's going to be the General's Handbook 2020. And we're going to be talking about build a bear for nerds, man. We're going to be getting into the anvil of apotheosis. So we're going to be uh, we're going to be right back. Good stuff coming up, man.
service announcement brought to you by Frag Factory 3D Printing. Many of us have thousands of dollars in miniatures, yet we play on flat tables with books and overturned Tupperware to act as our fantasy and sci-fi landscapes. We've all drooled over the tables we see in magazines lush with beautifully created terrain from all genres. The crew at Frag Factory 3D Printing want to wipe that drool from your chin and put it firmly on your friends and fellow gamers when they see your setup. Alien landscapes, desert wastelands, futuristic cities, fantasy outposts, elven forests, demonic stronghold, and so much more. Find out what you've been missing by checking us out on Facebook at Frag Factory 3D Printing or send us an email at fragfactory3dprinting at gmail.com. Bring your own files or we will help you find what you've been searching for. Take your gaming to the next level with Frag Factory 3D Printing. We print life into your games. Tell them Grimdark Live sent you and your first hour of printing is free. Hey gang, in all seriousness, get your terrain on the table and get it with Frag Factory 3D Printing. And remember, tell them Grimdark Live sent you and they'll give you one hour free. You can get them via email at fragfactory3dprinting at gmail.com or their Facebook page, Frag Factory 3D Printing. Frag Factory 3D Printing. Printing life into your games. All right, we are back. We are, we are going to get going here with, uh, as I said it, and I'm going to say it again, and I don't care who it bothers. Build-A-Bear for Nerds. That's what we're going to be talking about here, folks. we got the Anvil of uh, Apotheosis. Am I saying that right? I, I hope yep, I am. You I are. hope I am. Yeah. Yeah. Anvil, Anvil of Apotheosis. You know, it, it's funny because, um, as I was saying before you jumped on, Justin, that, that this is one of my favorite uh parts I, I think of this general's handbook if you, if you really want to know the truth I, I i think that this is you know normally as i was saying before match play has really been my thing but i really love what they've done with this and i know that dustin you being a and d guy uh the rpg mm-hmm. end of it is something that you're gonna that, that you're gonna love but what i really liked about this this anvil of apotheosis is it's super flexible it's intuitive and 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 it's really a simple system to use and uh, next to match play, like I said, it, it's the reason to have the General's Handbook 2020. So, gentlemen, um, uh, we, we have Build-A-Bear for Nerds. And, and so let, let's go through the process here a little bit. There's six steps um, to create a hero. And it, it's based around um, destiny points, I, I guess is the best way to put yeah, it. Yeah, des- destiny points yep. are the way it starts. Right. Um, so you choose your level. Either you start at a 20-point hero or you build up to a 40. Okay. Okay. So let's, uh, I mean, and, and I like the fact that they, um, uh, that with this, they, they, they kind of take you through everything and give you an idea that you either got 20 or 40 and whatever you want to use for that, that, per, that character in the game, you just multiply that by 10 if you want it to be a match play for game. Match play, yeah. Right. So the first thing you got to do, step one, is, is this is really just picking your points. I mean, destiny points, like you said before, are either 20 or 40 points. Uh, the more right. points you have to, to spend, uh, the more amazing your hero is going to be, I guess, the best way to put yeah, the, it. I the, mean, more, the more godly that character yeah, comes and, real quick. And yep. you'll, you'll use these points to construct their, their profile, um, the, the kind of um, a point buying for, for, I guess, creating a, a character. Mm-hmm. Is, is, it is actually very similar to RPG. Um, just a heads up, what I would recommend after kind of monkeying with this thing a little bit, you know, don't spend all your points uh, in this particular first phase, however, because uh, you're going to need some in, in some later steps. I mean, there, there, well, there, is, yeah, there you, is five you, others after this one. So you, you want to go step by step and, and plan a, kind of plan around what you want the, the actual hero to be. Right. 
And you're going to find out real quick when you get into like step three and step four that all of a sudden your points go away yeah. real quick Oof. if you're not right. paying attention. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's true. And and the next thing after that, your step two is, is I think it's the, the pick your background, right? I mean, it's choosing it's choosing your race. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. And, and, and GW is, is calling the, the this the ancestries step, I guess, the best way to Correct. put it. This is where you determine your character's faction and, and race. Right. And, and it also is is where uh, you're going to be spending more of those destiny points. Well, um, the the base point on that, Pat, is so three points is the lowest you can spend on any ancestry. 12 is the most. And I actually did a breakdown of all the, the point levels. There's actually no ancestries at the 9-point level or the 11-point level. So everything is 10 points or lower, except for one ancestry, and that's the Maligant, which is basically the, the race that leads to being the ghosts, banshees, things of that kind of thing. Okay. Okay, I got and, you. And they're, tw- and they're 12. Okay, right, right. Right, and and you guys have already been kind of mucking around with this thing, right? You guys have already been kind of generating yep. your own your own characters. I know I have. Um, yep. All right, so so step three, obviously, this is this is the, the one that really kind of intrigued me was picking your weapons. I mean, right. um, this is interesting because there is apparently a a vast array of ranged and, and melee weapons. I mean, if you if you guys don't have the book, I mean, I know you guys do, but if you guys folks out there watching and listening don't then you're going to want to uh, uh, check that out. But there, there's, there really is a, a vast array of of these um, weapons that are in the book. And, and I guess you're going to want to pick some that best represent how your hero fights, and then, then you're good to go. I mean, the, what I like about this is, is really the RPG where you can kind of create your own character, kind of like Dustin, what you were saying at the beginning of the show. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, there there are some limitations to it. I mean, you you have to choose how many weapons you're going to have, how many hands you're going to use, and then certain things on there, like, example, the one-handed shield cannot be taken by the Malinet. They're, they just they can't touch it. It's not, it's not legal to them. So, and then you have, you know, there's, there's, little, there's little key steps like that throughout, little notes in, in the whole texting that say, this race cannot use a shield, this, right. this ancestor can't do this, this ancestor can't do that. Right. And it, it kind of balances them out. Because if you had, you know, a ghost flying around with a shield with a three plus armor yeah. that all of a sudden yeah. is ethereal and unrendable, yeah. unrendable, it's 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 like you're never going to remove that hero from the table. That's true. And then, and then I want you to make it too too powerful. But we're going to touch on that here in a second. I mean, and obviously, step four is is pick your class. Um, you know, if this was if this was an RPG game, this would be uh, the, the, the the pick your class step, I guess, the best way to put it. Right. Dustin, did I say that correctly? Tank um, Ranger Heal. Yeah, uh, which which is uh, which is kind of odd considering you've already picked your weapons, uh, but I guess it still works. Um, mm-hmm. There are uh, uh, three different uh, archetypes that GW settled on. There's 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 uh, I'm gonna look right here. There's uh, yeah, there's an acolyte, a mage, and a and a, and a commander. And right. basically, acolytes are your spiritual guide and inspiring demagogues. Uh, the commander is your 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 leader, your peerless leader, your 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 big man, and your mage mm-hmm. is your spell slinging wizard. I mean that's the best way to put yep. it. Or as I like to put it, uh, uh, not available to corn. Yes, there you go. Yes, specifically or, or, says that. Or the or the Duradin. Yeah, well, or yeah, Saurus. yeah, those or those. Saurus, yeah, that's right, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> wow, I guess there's a lot of them. Um, and yep. step five, well, which I pri- thought was priest, has got more. Priest actually has yeah. like five different factions or five different ancestries that can't touch it. Right. And I, I liked how they, they, they tied together the um, 
the the first section of building your character, which is on 63, which is your uh, well, your your final step is your is your beast, which uh, the you know, or actually that's not your final step. No, that's, that's, step that's, five. Your, that's, that's step five. Yeah, and, and this one that's seems a little five. optional as far as picking a mount, uh, but you can choose. Yeah, you, your, you your... don't have to take a mount at all. Right. You can be on foot. But I like how it's a yep. minor beast, your mounted beast, or your your gargantuan beast. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously your minor beasts are just like that 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 the corn character that's got those little those little uh, that little dragon the, dog the thing. Hound, yeah, yeah, yeah the, flesh the hound, thank dogs, you. Flesh hound, um, yeah. Your mounted beasts are well, you know, mounts like your mornfang, and I guess your gargantuan beasts are are like you know your your big maw crusher or something like that. Uh, right, and, but you get right. the idea. Right. So so like so like for an elf turning it into a snake, that would be considered a second level mounted beast. Right. Because of the speed characteristic and things of that matter. Exactly. Exactly. So, so let's 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 look at step six, which is the finishing touches. Um, mm-hmm. and, and and this one is pretty self-explanatory. And and, and if you're, you're you're dumping the rest of your points, you know, if you want to, into all the little details here, uh, you don't have to spend all your points. Uh, well, you know, you, you you get to why or why not in, in a moment of why you don't want to do that, but. Um, this is where you can purchase things from the pool of optional abilities to make your, your character right. stand out a little more and things to make them, uh, I guess, a little better at dueling or better at sniping the enemies, you know, things that make them, you know, heroic and all that other kinds of good stuff. Right. Um, you have, you have the ability pool and then you have the character enhancement. Pool. Right. Yeah, exactly. And so, so guys, let's just kind of, I mean, I really think this is the best part of the General's Handbook. I mean, match play is—it is what it is. That's always going to be your your foundation to this book. But I mean, what are your overall thoughts on the Anvil of Apotheosis? I mean, let, let's—you know—what what are your two cents in a tin can on this thing? Go ahead, Dustin. I I, I like it. Um, uh, there is a model that I made um, that uh, I think I talked about earlier, where um, I normally use her as a slaughter queen. Um, I made a Malusai with, you know, two swords and they don't normally have those. Um, but I was able to go through this and give the character rules and, um, you know, give her the same movement and bravery as um, Malusai, you know, eight. Um, and give her two weapons that are decently powerful. And then also there's an ability uh, called Decapitating Strike where any natural roll of a six, you do a mortal wound in addition to the damage. And I'm like, that's that's cool and um it was uh ended up being 20 destiny points so 200 points um fairly costed for what it does and it's not you know overpowered either um and i like it because it's like here's a model i would like to use more often that i usually don't and now if we're just playing a friendly game or whatever it's like hey i'm gonna use this model and you know pay the 200 points to use it so i like it it's cool yeah yeah, the system is really well balanced in in all regards to limitations. Um, it makes it th- it makes it so even if you build a a fully decked out forty point character, four hundred points on the table, you're not unkillable. You're yep. you're not you're not gonna. I mean, yeah, you're deadly. And the one I built is I, I hate to say it, but he's absolutely disgusting because he can do an average about seventy damage a combat phase. <laughs> but but. Jeez. <laughs> you know, of course, you, it's me. I find loopholes in everything when yeah, I read yeah. it. So yeah, you do. So and, and I think I think for for a lot of these characters, you're going to see a lot of them built around the old like like the old like I, I was using the, an example in the beginning of the show. I was talking about the old uh, standard, the Bruiser standard bearer for the ogres. I love that model, right. and I, now I can right. have them back in a way. So yeah, I mean, when you can give a character 
basically a grand mall that's hitting on threes, wounding on twos, and does five damage per hit and has exploding sixes on the hit. So now you yeah. have a possibility of doing, you know, 35 damage just from the, the swings you're throwing. That that's messed up. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that that's that's a unit of ogres gone. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you hit them right. You're not kidding. And you know, I, I really think the system is is fairly good as a baseline. I mean, you you can make a lot of options that you you don't normally have access to in a faction, and because yeah. everything is very vague. Now, now let me just explain what I mean by that. It's very vague. You you have plenty of room to flavor things as you see fit. Um, you know, I've made a hero as I was saying just a second ago for my ogre Maw tribe army, and and I'm very happy with, um, you know. That, that they're very clearly overcosted by around 20 to 30 percent. I mean, he is for sure, but but that's also totally fine because it, it's not really intended for match play. Now, I know they said at the, at the end of this section here, after after step six, that as long as it's okay right. with your opponent, you can play it match play, multiply that number by 10. Um, this this particular uh, mounted hero that I came out came up with is uh, is right at 400 points. And I know these models uh, can can be played, um, as I said, at their at their DR uh, cost times ten in, in match play. But I don't see them being taken to tournaments. I mean, I I think in special no. occasions, I think I think tournaments uh, will will allow them. But I don't I don't see them yeah. being well. Do you, do you think if they if they put them in the tournament situation, you think they're going to modify the, mod, the 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 times modifier? So instead of it being say ten times, it'd be fifteen or twenty. Yeah, I, I, I hope so. not. I really don't. I, I think times 10 is fine because let's face it, you know, I mean, I, I was I was mucking around uh, creating one of these characters myself. And, you know, they're not overpowered. They're overpriced, no, but they're not they're overpowered. overpriced. They're not overpowered. And, you know, um, I, I think that uh, where they're at as far as the game and what they've done, I think they want to just give people an element to try to meet that to scratch that itch in between the hobby and the game itself. Right. And, yeah. and, and a thing to remember is. Um, the thought that adding an option into a faction that doesn't currently exist should be more expensive than, than making a, a slightly different version of the same character you already have. I mean, for example, adding plus one to hit buff uh, to, to a Beast of Chaos is, is very powerful because it, it's something that they don't have in the faction. Um, but adding a negative one save debuff to, say, Flesh Eater Quartz is also very powerful because... Yeah. Uh, the, the faction suffers from their lack of rend. So the, these options are priced in, in those best-case scenarios so that they don't overpower a faction by their existence. Does that that, that make sense? I mean, Oh, well, no, no, that, makes, yeah. that, makes, that really does. It makes perfect sense. And, I mean, just looking at the archetypes, I mean, what, is which kind of what you're talking about there. Right. You know, making them a commander, making them a mage, or making them an archolite, and then having access to the abilities that each of those give, that alone, most of those are area effect based spells. And one of the big ones I saw was on the wizard side, and that's giving raise dead to a wizard for an yeah. army that doesn't have raise doesn't dead. Have access to raise dead. Doesn't have access to yeah. raise dead. All of a sudden, you got a mage walking around that's going, okay, I'm going to bring three models back, and what are you going to do about it? Hey, Justin, bring yeah. back Nobblers. <laughs> yeah, bring back Nobblers. Huh? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You, you, know, that? you know what? I could actually, I could actually see you having a knobber running around, going, "Get back up, get back oh, up." Oh, dude, you know? it, it's it's going to happen. It's going to oh, happen. Of course it is. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And it, you know what? It's going to be the best I mean, damn knobber on the table. Or, or you have a knobber that's basically a commander model that has the hold the line ability, the lead to defenses, plus one save to your knobblers. I'm getting really excited here, man. Come on, there's this there's is... so many there's so many ways to build heroes yeah. now. Right. That yeah. we, that, it gives you options that books don't have. It gives the, the the player 
something to be able to put their own personality into the game. Mm-hmm. And then it yeah. gives the conversion for the yeah. hobbyist, right. which mm-hmm. a lot of people were missing. And a lot of people were like, you know, the models are great, but they're static. You really can't do a yep. whole lot with them. And I got all these mm-hmm. bit boxes sitting in my room. What am I going to do with them? Yeah. Yeah. This gives them that option. Yep. And, and, and you know, what's funny it's funny. Cool. You know, like we always say in the show, you know, you, if you were to add uh, bitching and gaming and put it in a bottle, you, you could sell it and make a million dollars. And, you know, I was on the boards, uh, I think last night looking around and just kind of thinking about our topic here today. And a couple of guys were complaining that they're, that they're, that the characters you can create out of, out of, out of this book here uh, are, are, are weak. And I, and I'm, I'm just going to say this, this again, um, in a way, I'm pretty glad that the options are overpriced as everyone's saying, and, and they are probably by 10, 20%, maybe for, for what uh, point price for a typical hero that you would get. Um, but I would much rather the custom heroes be weak than strong. And, and this is why I'm going to say this and, and Dustin, this is going to play a little bit more into your RPG, I think, because you know, I'm an old D and D player. If they're weak, only the people who are really, and Justin, this is going to actually tie into what I think you just said, but if they're weak, only the people who are actually interested in their custom heroes are going to be using them. You know, if yeah, they're strong, right. people are going to are going to be kit-bashing, you know, Georgie Boy the Stormcast with with his super <laughs> profile that, that's better than the actual heroes in his profile with, with, with no yeah. care for the original point, just trying to make yeah. a, a stronger version of the existing heroes. So, yeah. and that's kind of why I said in the beginning of the show, I am more happy with this Build-A-Bear for Nerds than I am with the match play. Right. I, I love it. But but even yeah. taking a hero as 200 point that has an aura effect on them that gives your entire army within wholly within 12 inches of them a 6-plus feel-no-pain, you know, that's not overpowered. That's not underpowered. It's, it's, it's something that, it's you nice know, to have. It's nice to have. It's 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 like having, you know, it's having that extra donut on the side that you're just you're eyeing and going, okay, I want this, I want this, <laughs> but I shouldn't, but I want this. Right, right. You know, and, and you know what I think the system needs going forward, and and I'd be fairly surprised if it didn't get it. And I think this is the evolution of say Age of Sigmar 2.5 or 3.0, whatever's going to be coming next is support in the battle tomes for this type of stuff. Um, yeah. You know, when, when a new tome comes out, I'd, I'd very much expect it to have the updated version of these rules that are currently in the GHB 2020 at, at, at their own custom cost for units. Um, you know, perhaps say, I'm going to go back to just off the top of my head, Flesh Eater Quartz, you know, uh, they'd add an option, you know, to make their, uh, to make an abhorrent or, or, you know, mm-hmm. give a model the ability to, to muster, let's just say, or something like that. You know, perhaps the Warclans book, uh, they could give a, a unit the option to, to, to take, um, you know, uh, you know, like kind of like the, the dances or beats, so whatever the Wardrock or the Chanta, right, that, right. That, 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 I, I, I'm drawing a blank there, but whatever they get, maybe they could have something like that in their army. And, and going further, they could add things that don't exist in factions to these, and, and, and obviously at a much higher cost, I get all that, but that's just my two cents. I, I'd, I, I'd like to see well, this evolve the, into that. It's the same thing we saw that's starting to hit in the battle tomes now where it's, you know, the, the create a war crap, uh, a war band. Oh, yeah. You have, mm-hmm. you have that section that's popping up in a lot of the books now where, you know, you can build a war band on dice rolls and basically, okay, this is your hero that you rolled up. This is your, your, your troops that you rolled up. This is your special mm-hmm. characters that, that was initially a general's handbook add on. Right. And now it's been added into the thing. So this going forward, I could see this becoming part of the battle tomes in say 2.5, 3.0, and beyond, just because all they got to do is drop a list of weapons that are specifically say elf or specifically, you know, mm-hmm. ogre or whatever, 
add yeah. a destiny point cost to it and there you go and it's already got and it already has a preset yeah. stat line the whole nine yards mm-hmm. or a specific you know ogre ability like feasting you know or something yeah. like that which has a destiny point cost they could do all of this stuff and i think they're this is kind of the prelim to what we're going to see coming because usually those general handbooks we get a taste of something new and then they play test it through us till the beginning of the 2021 season or something of that matter, 2022 season. And they see if it sticks, right. you know, we've said, we've said that before. It's like them throwing darts at a wall or show, throwing dirt at a wall and seeing what sticks to the wall. Right. So this may be that kind of orientation or thing that's going to happen, but I can see this going forward as something that's saying, okay, everybody likes custom characters. Everybody wants to put their own flair into the game. Here you go, and now we're going to add a couple more pages to our battle tomes to give you some destiny points and things like that that you can add into your special characters that are customizable to your race. Yeah, 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 exactly. So let me ask you guys a question. Do you guys see yourself, because, I mean, I know what our war meets. If somebody out there, you know, they want to create a custom character, as long as they have the war scroll for it and the points made sense, go ahead and play them. I mean, Mm -hmm. I I love the idea, and I think I want to go back to something because – when I said before that I didn't, I didn't see tournaments playing this. I see this, I see this in, 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 I see this happening in two different, two different ways. I see it not being managed properly at the tournament level, and you know, as, as a TO myself, I'll give you that. Yeah, as I will a, definitely give you that. Yeah, as a TO myself, I, and again, I'm not a TO like I, I'm not, I'm not one of the important TOs. Let me just say that right now. Uh, I'm the best looking, smartest, all that kind of stuff. But, um, but what I will say is. Um, I see this on larger tournaments, Adepticon, Nova, uh, different things like that. I see larger tournaments like that being having a very difficult time managing this when they've got so many other things to be able to manage. Yeah. Because, you know, if you look at War Scroll Builder, uh, best of my knowledge, there's nothing in War Scroll Builder that will help you build uh, a custom character out of this and be able to track it competently. There so, is an there is an unofficial one, and I think I sent you the link for that. Oh yeah, it, that's right. It, yeah. It, it, it it cropped up on Facebook and yeah. places like that today. Yeah. But, um, but, but even you that, have, but you have to hand key yeah everything into that. And, and, and I, I, I yeah everything. In. And I can tell you right now, with twenty eight thirty people, even at my little tournament for Armed Forces Day, I I would I would rather eat my left foot than have to take <laughs> that extra step to go through. Uh, yeah, you, you you know where I could see this being a viable use would be like a team tournament where it's two players and then they're allowed one, say twenty point hero right. between the, the two armies as yeah, like the right. general to the right. armies, the yeah. the yeah. linchpin, so to speak. Yeah, and, and you know, but I, I just think I think I think the the the, the linchpin, as you would say, uh, as you just said, but I think the secret sauce to make this thing work in the community is if if there could be a way that it could be competently and seamlessly managed. I think if they could mm-hmm. do that, then you absolutely have an opportunity of having this. Because I'd really like to see it. I would really like to see this as a staple in the game moving forward. Yeah, I, I think I think we'd be looking at them having to say, okay, this this unit or this model is coming to town. He's got all these stats, and it has to be modeled precisely. You know, all that kind of stuff. It brings all that kind of what you see is what you get back in. It bring yeah, it brings back WYSIWYG. Right. You know, what you see is what you get. And, 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 and you, you want know. to know something? I think the way the GW did this is, is, is brilliant. I, I really, I got to say mm-hmm. that as honestly as I can, because, you know, and I guess here's where I say this. I don't, I don't think, I don't think the characters and the models themselves are the problem. 
why I'm saying, you know, why I don't think tournaments are going to be doing this, but I think it's a safe, I think, I think the build to method is what I'm trying to say is safe. Right. And I'm, I mean, and, and finally, I think I'm going to venture to say that most of the heroes that you can make are very overcosted. I'm going to say that one last time for, for what they bring to the table. And maybe there's a general value as to why I think they're overcosted. I say this because, um, the interesting, the, any, any, the interesting or the good abilities are really locked behind their mount traits. I really think their mount traits have it all, man. Um, and uh, you know, yeah, I, 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 I'll, I, I'll, I'll I, say I it this way: I would definitely have to say that's you got some, you got some, you can build some pretty nasty mounts. Yeah, and I've been, as a beast of chaos player, I've been waiting for a long time for dragon ogres to be worth a crap. I got excited for a second tier, and dragon ogres are still not worth a crap. I mean, why? Well, no, because you can't, you can't put them on. You, the biggest you're going is, you know, you're not going to gargantuan base no, at that point. No, but, but let's, let's look at it from a practical standpoint. Them. Why does the Dragon Ogre profile not have its claws and tail included? It takes almost twice as many points just to make a Dragon Ogre hero right. roughly the equivalent to the Shagoth. I don't get yeah. it. Um, I, mean, I, so, they, so, I mean, if you actually look into the listing, they didn't include... All of the grot racing in there. The, the knobbars aren't represented at all. Yeah, I'm no, gonna, I may no, have to burn have no the book they, now. <laughs> I may have to burn the book. Thank they're, you for reminding they're, me they're, of that. They're, they're not in, you know. So there are certain hero or model types that could be constituted yeah. as heroes that are not in there. Dustin, you know, did, just, did you see this heresy that, you, that that Justin just mentioned that there's no knobblers in this book? <laughs> I don't see a knobbler in here at all. Oh really? I hadn't noticed. Yeah, you know, I, th- I think I think in a way you're being a little coy and you know you know hiding behind Justin there. Do you want to admit oh, what you know about oh, this here? There's no knobblers in here, man. All right. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm back again. But but again, well, that, I mean, that, I mean, that, that allows them to. Make, why don't you Sorry. make an orc and just give them negatives and all their stats? Oh, what the no. heck is that all oh, about? Low no. blow. Oh man, I'm I'm finding <laughs> no. you a point, man. That's a low blow. <laughs> Unbelievable. So this is also like I said earlier. This is an initial. So. You, they could easily drop more ancestries into this without even yeah. blinking an eye. Yeah, yeah, I you think know? they will. I, I think they will. I really do. I, I think they're going to definitely do that. So, so let's 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 wrap it up here. I mean, I mean, overall, scale of one to ten, what are your thoughts? I mean, do do you agree or do you feel that the the anvil apotheosis uh, does does it, does it bring something unique to the table, valuable to the table? I mean, what what do you guys think? Wrapping it up. I think it's. Uh... Yeah, go ahead. go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> I think it's a step in the right direction. Um, this kind of customization is something we haven't had since Old Hammer. Um, yeah, good and, point. Yeah, I, and that was actually one of the things I liked is, oh, I mean, my, uh, you know, uh, Dark Elf General uh, always had the this poison blade and then the shield of Grand, And I'm like, okay, well, I specifically got a certain shield and a certain sword. So, because that's what my character used all the time, you right. know. Um, and again, you know, I love converting. So, um, having some, you know, mo- extra motivation to convert a character a certain way, I think is really cool because, okay, I'm going to give this character this specific sword and I'm going to model it on the model. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, uh, if it'll ever actually be, uh, match play without opponent approval, I don't know, maybe given enough time. I think they'll add a little bit, but I just like it because, yeah, you can just kind of go ham and, okay, here's this character I want to make, and it actually fits the background of my army or whatever, and 
know, you can, you can do it. Sure. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would definitely say the same thing too. Um, little variation on it is I, you know, the, when it comes to the character customization, things of that matter. Yeah. I would definitely rank it high because, Hey, who doesn't want to see a replica or a rebirth of Grom the punch on the battlefield? Love it. Yeah. Okay. Yep. You know, um, the idea that this will be in tournament circuits, that's probably on the lower end just because, you know, for we're, now. we're yeah. for, for now. And I think that's, I think, you know, it, as this gets more settled into the, into, into the game and it, we get more things available for destiny points and just what's we have the, with the slim pickings we got now, we might see it pop up more. It, it's right. going to take the, it's going to take the community and the organizers a little bit of time to figure out how to make this fair so that you don't have, you know, a 400 point monster coming across the table that nothing can stop. Right. You right. know? Right. So, and, and, and it's like, like I said before, I mean, as long as you can keep it, uh, um, as, as long as we don't have hero hammer a good, right, again, right. I'm good and, and as long it. as yeah. it can be managed competently and, and, and seamlessly, I think you're going to see it at tournaments, but I, I think that's, that's the trick bag. You know, how do you, right. how do you do that without, without 10 people at your tournament calling foul? You know, because you know there's going to be that yeah. one short pants oh, that's going to show of up course, of course. with, you know, the, the greatest, you of know, course. creation ever. And he, Yeah, he, he's going to come in with that 200-point general commander that he built that has all the bells and whistles right. of hitting you on twos, wounding on twos, yep. doing two billion damage, and it's going to get shot off the table by a line of handgunners, and the next thing <laughs> yeah. you know, he's going to be bitching and moaning. And hey, let's get the bottles out. Let's sit here and you can cry these bottles. I'm gonna go sell it over there for a million bucks Bingo. because you just screwed yourself. Yeah, you know exactly. It, it, it's it's unfortunate, but without it being expanded upon or being organized a little bit better, mm-hmm. it's it's not really viable tournament wise. And in terms of free play, fair play, all that kind of thing, yeah, if right. you have to ask your opponent to use it, okay, I'm good with that. It's like yeah. anything else, you know. You you choose your opponent when you're at a when we're at a war meet. It's not just, hey, who wants to play a game? Oh, you're playing daughters a game. I don't want to. Daughters can't. I don't want to play you. Screw it. I, oh, I, yeah, I'll right. go somewhere else. No, you, you you know, if you don't want to play daughters a king, you don't play them, or you bring an army that you think can kick their butt. Sure. <laughs> you yeah. know, and and, yeah. and that's what it is. It, so if if your opponent's okay with it. Hey, play it. You know. It's well, part and of the that, game. But, but what you're fun. what you're talking about though is 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 a friendly game. You know, of course. And, and, and like I said, I'm I'm completely fine with it in, in a friendly game, even in a competitive. Because I was I always like to classify competitive game versus a tournament game. Well, I think they're two different things. You can have a friendly right. game that's competitive. Well, like take mm-hmm. take it the Armed Forces Day. Ours we have a two thousand point limit, and then we're putting in a Beast Grave kicker. Right. So we get one unit with the hero from a Beast Grave. Right. Running around. Right. That that could be anywhere from eighty points to two hundred and fifty points, depending on the beast grade. Yeah, yeah, and you know, and, you know, and, and it's so, funny. Yeah, that's a good point. So it, it's kind of the same thing. You're, you're, but you already have established battle tomes, established, you know, scrolls, the whole nine yards for those units. Right. You're not you're not sitting there throwing a random character together, and all of a sudden the TO goes, okay, what does this do? What does yeah, that do? Yeah. Wait, wait, what does that do? Exactly. Um, yeah, exactly. What? What? <laughs> you know. All they have to do is they just look up the beast grave real quick. They can see what the war scroll is directly and through Azure or one of the other two, and they're good to go. Right. You know, this right. thing, it's like you don't have a – we don't have a building system for this. Gotcha. Yeah, so here's, everything, here's everything my, you're doing, everything here's you're my doing handwritten, handwritten. Yeah. Here's handwritten. Yeah, here's my handwritten no. war scroll for no. this tournament. Like, You're out of here. Me. 
Yeah, exactly. And mo most Germans don't like handwritten scrolls because then it's all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, this isn't working my way, so I'm going to change this to a right. plus three exactly. instead of a plus two. I mean, it's, it's, hard, it's yeah. hard enough, and I'm not going to get into this right now, but it's hard enough, I mean, as a TO, I've caught people with double lists. Right. You know, and you've had to ask him to leave. There was a guy that showed up. He had a list for, for what he turned into the judges, and then it was a completely different list. Wow. That he turned a list, in. a list what he was playing. Yep. Yeah, and, and, and it happens. But all right, guys, we're going to we're gonna get ready here for our question of the day. We're going to keep everything rolling here as, as we kind of wrapping up the show. But I will say this. Um, I'm really looking forward to the Build-A-Bear for Nerds. Okay, I'll stop <laughs> calling it that. The Anvil of Apotheosis. Although I do like the Build-A-Bear for Nerds. That does have a nice ring to it. The um, AOA. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Love it. All right, and uh, we're gonna be uh, we're gonna be right back with the uh, question of the day. Hey, gang! I really hope you're enjoying the Grimdark Live show so far. Thanks for being with us. But before we get to the question of the day, I want to ask you to head over to GrimdarkLive.com to enter the Nerd Bunker by becoming a supporter of the show on Patreon. There are six different levels to fit the support you may be interested in and all provide special benefits and services to our members. So please head over to GrimdarkLive.com and become a patron of the show. And while you're on GrimdarkLive.com, you should know that Grimdark Live isn't just there for entertainment. We're a full-time miniatures assembly and painting service. We have three different levels that we currently paint to, and we provide free quotes. So let us know if you have something you need painted, and we'll get it done for you. And if Patreon or painting isn't something you're ready to do at this time, we totally understand, and thank you for spending time with us here on Grimdark Live. So with that said, let's get to the question of the day. All right, we are back, and we are ready for the question of the day. So here it is, guys, and you know that uh, we always ask this towards the end of the show, and it's just kind of a... Uh, Kind of our, our, our way to kind of wrap up the thoughts. And folks, feel free to answer this uh, in, in, in the comments section below and see what you think. But So here it is. We're going to ask this of our guest first. So are you ready, Dustin? Mm -hmm. All right, man. So here yep. it is. Are people more or less excited for the Tyrion faction after, and I'm going to say failure loosely, but after the, 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 kind, of, the kind of flop, the release flop, I'd have to say, of the Lumineth Realm Lords box set? Um, I would say yes. Um, obviously there's some complications there with the, um, uh, release of Realm Lords being delayed. Um, but I mean, especially, I mean, basically we only have half of it, you know, right now, but, um, I, I think people are, are going to be looking forward towards, um, the, the Tyrion part because, um, just it, yeah it feels like there's some units that are missing that you know could be added to kind of okay. round out the army um but yeah i i, I think um i think the people are going to be looking forward to Tyrion coming out because they they want you know dragon princes and yeah um you know heavy cavalry and uh you know chariots and bolt throwers and stuff like I, you know hallmarks of uh elves but sure i mean well, we'll we'll see. Who knows? We're gonna have uh, flaming angel elves or something. I don't know. We'll we'll see. What we're not having flaming elves. We're not having any flaming elves in my game. I'll tell you that right now. No, and and you want to know something? Um, hey, thanks for the kick in the nuts there, Dustin. I appreciated that one. Um, <laughs> that's, that's why I'm here. So, 
So, so I mean, and, and again, Justin, I hope you know. I, I wasn't asking that question from from a, from a standpoint to kind of kick you in the nuts, uh, but I guess what I was saying was, you know, I, I look at it from a standpoint of of the Adominus box sold like shit to a tin horn. It, it sold great, and now this box here, it's it did stumble a little bit. So, I mean, I mean, I guess I'll I'll go ahead okay. and I'll ask the same question to you. Um, well. Let me you let know. me just answer what you said there real quick with the Adominus versus the Luminoth release. You're looking at a core set reset mm-hmm. rule, the rules, everything, all right. new model. So sure. it's, it's they're, not, they're it's not actually, apples to apples. I'll give you that. Exactly. Right. They're not apples to apples. They're actually not even on the same playing field in that response. Then then I'll then I'll cut I'll tell you what, for you, I'll cut off the end of this this first question. I'll ask you this. Are more people more or less excited for the Tyrion faction rather than the Lumineth? Do you think they're hold do you, do you think the Lumineth was stalled out? From a purchasing standpoint, in, in because people are waiting for Tyrion, there's there. I'll ask you that. I don't think so. Um, I've been tracking a lot of the sales sites and things of that matter, and a lot of them are starting to run out of out of the Lumineth pretty quick, actually. Okay. So people are buying them. They are going. And in all honesty, I actually enjoy having a box set sitting on the shelf, kind of like a starting box. You know, it's it's nice that they didn't sell out in one shot. Okay. Where most of them were like Indominus, Indominus, and I'm going to use it as a reference just because we saw what had happened with it, was GDW limited the amount of copies that were being allowed for pre-order. They sold out in one day, and now they've had to backpedal and offer them again, and they're offering them at the custom caster level or whatever i think it, it's called something you know made to order made to order right and you're going to be sitting there waiting for up to 120 days to get your box yeah so you've been so yeah it may have sold out extremely quickly but they kind of stumbled over their own feet there instead of having enough of them available to go out to the stores and have one or two sitting on the shelf for some random guy to walk in and go oh that's cool i want that okay mm-hmm all right, you know, I, and that's and that's and any of these special orders and anything like that, I almost, I almost hate it when they do sell out, and I'm not a big fan. I've never been a big fan of limited edition as it was, just because it it kind of, it kind of leads to people hoarding them, and you know, and one of the big things we saw with the with the Indominus, and I'm, I keep using that reference, is they did that whole limited release system with that because they wanted to shut down the scalpers. Yeah. And that's why well, they did and, it. And they, they sure did do that. Oh, yeah. They definitely did. I mean, the limit one per player, per person out of a store. You couldn't order more than, like, I think two or three of them directly online. Right. You know, any of that kind of stuff. So they did a lot of that. And now that if you want to get them, you're going to wait up to 120 days just to get your, your, your copy of it if you decide to go that route. Right. You know, right. where I can walk into GameStorm tomorrow and I could pick up another copy of Lumineth. Sure. Because it's sitting on the shelf there. Sure. Which is, in my opinion, better. Okay. All right. But to answer your question on the Tyrion side, yeah, I think people are waiting for Tyrion. But I think what we're going to see in that book, and this is just my opinion, like we always say, we're an opinion show. We're going to see the war side. We're going to see the chariots. We're going to see the artillery. We're going to see the heavier knights. And I'm I'm predicting we're going to see knights on actual dragons. It, I hope kind of so. like kind of like the um, the Drakoth that the Stormcast have. I think we're going to see something along that line. I like maybe it. maybe a little bit different twist on it. We probably will see some form of angelic, just because it's in their lore. Yeah, and it may not be like you know the fluttery winged butterfly type of thing or 
Angel it, it, Elves. It, it, it but, but it'll not. be it it'll be something. It'll be something. It'll right. be something with wings, and it's gonna be something amazing because right. you know the the sculpts I, are actually I think really good. I think it'll be uh, something along the lines of the the Void Dragon thing from Necrons. Have you seen that? Yeah. I think we're, you're gonna have some. You're gonna have heavily. Something... You're gonna have these heavily armored elves hitting the table, and I mean like layers of plate armor, and they're gonna move at lightning speed. I love it. They're, yeah. Right. Now that I like. More, that I like. I, 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 can, I, can I will say. That. What I will say this is, I think it's gonna be an addendment or an add-on to the current Lomineth Belt book, and their core troops are already in this book. Okay. The ones ones we have now, that's their core. Okay. Mm-hmm. That and that's the core of both armies. All right. Well, I like it. I like it. Good stuff. Wait a minute. What the hell is that? What's going on? And now it's time for that part of the show where we present the rules from hell. <laughs> Yes, that's right, Grimdark Goons. It's time for the rules from hell, where we present the game rules from the past or present of the Warhammer worlds that just sucked. Here it is, gang. The Warhammer rule from hell. In the early edition of Warhammer Age of Sigmar, this rule dealt with tomb swarms. This is known as the Underground Scuttlers rule. Instead of setting up a tomb swarm on the battlefield, you can place it to one side and say that they are set up beneath the ground. In any of your movement phases, you can set up the unit on top of the battlefield more than nine inches from an enemy unit. This is the unit's move for that movement phase. The unit can burrow back underground in any of your future movement phases. If it does, remove the unit from the battlefield. It can return in a later turn. If you have many fewer units in your army than the opponent, you can choose to instantly win the game if your army survives for six turns. As your army, take a couple of tomb swarms and burrow them forever. Wait six turns, win. Complete bullshit. Glad this rule is gone. That was definitely a rule from hell. And now you know a rule from hell. All right, let's get back to the show. Well, here it is, man. We are at the uh, the closing thoughts, and uh, you know we're going to give this to our guest, man, uh, Dustin. Uh, you, you, sir, you have the closing thoughts today on uh, Grimdark Live. Well, uh, um, we we live in a um, a difficult and divisive time, and um, I just think uh, one of the reasons you know, we all play this hobby is it's, it's, it's a form of escapism. I mean, we, uh, you know, for a couple hours, we get to, you know, pretend we're a general, uh, leading an army and, you know, fighting enemies and whatnot. And, um, the, you know, the community that we have is what's most important. Um, you know, and, and, you know, we, we've said it many times, um, you know, the, the social contract of gaming is is the most important thing about this game. Is it's a social game. Um, we, uh, I mean, <clears throat> it's a social game. We all we all play it. Um, you know, and 
I don't know where I'm going with this. Uh, you know, it's it's about people. You know, at the end of the day. Um, That's right. We're, you know, we all come from different walks of life, and you know, we have different viewpoints on things. And but we're we're here to play a game, and you know, uh, it, it Warhammer is for everyone, <laughs> uh, and we should you know definitely emulate, uh, you know. The, the social aspect in the game. I mean, sure, we can get uh, things can get heated sometimes with, um, you know, competitive competitiveness and whatnot. But you know, even in our, our game group, like, you know, we're, you know, we all play together and we're you know group of friends and we want to keep it that way. You know, um, just you know, keep it keep it things civil. Keep it's a social game, um, and yeah, I mean. You know, be a, you know, be a nice person. <laughs> People will be nice to you. That's it, man. The golden rule, yep. man. Good stuff, man. Golden rule. There you go. Good stuff. Well, I, I tell you what, that's uh, that's a wrap, man. That is a um, that is another another great show. So, uh, folks, Grimdark Live is going to be back next week at seven thirty. So until then, remember. This is a social contract. We do have one with every one of the people that we game against and the people that we associate with in this hobby. So remember the social contract of this game. And in the week until we see you again, roll them dice fun and fair, and don't be a freaking short pants. You understand? All right. Oh, <laughs> and, and another thing. Don't forget to hit subscribe or like if you haven't already done that. Otherwise, the Grimdark Goons are going to come to your house in the middle of the night, and they're going to cut all the bristles off your paintbrushes, and you'll be stuck with a bunch of gray models, and everyone will laugh at you. <laughs> All right, so just something to something to think about there. You know, I you know, I'm just saying. Prime on pink. <laughs> See, and you're and you'd be forced to play Zeech. Oh, oh. I mean, wow. what do you think about that? Huh? See, see, these are the things you got to do. But anyway, guys, thank you guys very much for joining us for another Grimdark Live. And uh, and I will say this again: um, remember the social contract and roll them dice fun and fair, and don't be a short pants. Good. Bye. Yep. <laughs> Dark Live, we'd like to thank you for slumming it through another show with us for all things dice, dragons, demons, and a dwarf in the Age of Sigmar worlds. We'll be back live next Thursday, so until then, remember, roll them dice fun and fair, and don't be a frickin' short pants. And if you missed the live show, you can catch us again right here on the next Grimdark Live podcast. Never fear, gang. There'll be more great content from Grimdark Live throughout the week with Monster Mondays, Table War Tuesdays, Warhammer Wednesdays, Grimdark Grudge Matches, and a ton more. So stay tuned and stay grim, all you dice-chuck-and-glue-sniffing gamer goons. You're all awesome. Looks like I picked the wrong week to stop sniffing glue. Remember, embrace the main message here from Grimdark Live, and that's a social contract we have between gamers and the commitment we have to each other and this community. We're only as good as our last game. Check us out at GrimdarkLive.com. Don't forget to give our channel a like or subscribe if you haven't already done so. So long, Grimdark Goons. Until next time, may the dice gods bless you and your sweaty palms. Bye. short pain.